Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We have a uh, pretty great episode here for you today, or so we think. Uh, if you have the time to stick around to the very end, I, I would recommend it. Uh, we build up to a pretty in-depth conversation about really why we do what we do, uh, the things that push us in life, and why we're, you know, what we view our challenges as, and. You know, we're all kind of at a point in our lives where we're looking to redefine some of those challenges, and um, it, it's just a pretty in-depth conversation about how we live our life and what we're running from, what we're running towards, and uh, I would hope that those listening gain some value out of this today. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Amber, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. We've got myself out in Elmer, Quebec, John in Kelowna, BC, and Amher in Toronto, Ontario. Yeah. Uh, week two of living with his roommate slash love, James. Um, Dude, relax. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. Does James listen? No, of course not. No way. Okay, so well, hold on. Why this of guy course not? He doesn't Why listen to podcasts. Not? Oh, sorry. I thought okay, well, I, I mean, said that kind of. Yeah, sorry that, that. Wow. So James. So James and my grandmother are the only two people on the planet that don't listen to podcasts. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I made that assumption. Yeah. Actually, cancel that. Lulu, grandma. Lulu, listen to our podcast. So only James. Okay. Yeah, and I had my grandfather James, on the podcast podcast so now i think it's just the Amherst grandparents i don't know yeah no, james and bin laden and bin laden has an excuse he lives in a cave yeah lived oh. in a cave um i know i'm joking okay uh small small feature to add to the weekly call you know we're just uh Amher, john and i are just so invested in extending the value that we can create on these podcasts we got a little bit jealous of the jamie and uh, I didn't. if you get if you guys don't add okay. me in this <laughs> okay no no hey well I'm let's let's, it let's, out. Air, let's air it out let's air it out so yeah. effectively if uh, the way Amher's putting it john and i won if you want to say it that way i guess because we now have a jamie if you'd listen to joe rogan you know who jamie is jamie's the guy who's in the background and pulling up what's being discussed about adding visuals fact checking you know extending the uh like maybe the conversation with how um what he finds on the internet etc so we now have jamie who's not named jamie his name's gabe and so gabe for this episode um 
just because of some technical challenges is going to remain uh, muted, but he's going to be pulling up some, uh, some things. So you might hear like, Hey, uh, Gabe, could you pull that up? Uh, you know, and then he, and then you guys are like, who the hell is Gabe? And now, you know, there's a Gabe here. So we now have a Jamie, which is pretty exciting. So John and I thought that would be cool. And Ammer, and, and so maybe you guys heard this in the last two or three episodes, like us going, oh man, it would be really sick if we had a Jamie because we're trying to get under Ammer's skin. Inside so uh, so now we won. Um, and There's yeah, no winning. Okay. Don't, I think it, hold on, Austin. I think it's well, really, you, you really, said it. even well, as you a came joke out, to say I was going to make winning? it collaborative. I was going to say that we is, got a Jamie. And then you were no, like, no. well, <laughs> no. let me, let me explain this. As a, in this podcast, I have co-hosts, and every now and then my co-hosts will have an idea that I will not agree with. However, part of being a good co-host is to being open-minded and to be willing to experiment. So I said, you know what? Taking the high Let's road. test this. Let's just you see what it looks like. like certain names that are just like, like John is one of those names where there's like a long history of epic Johns, like all throughout history, right? It's like, it's just, it's just like, it's, it's just a solid name, right? My only association with the word Gabe is from the office. <laughs> oh, Gabe, I'm sorry, man. That hurts. Can't, hold on. No, you can't roast the guy when he can't talk back. Like that's just not, that, that's yeah, just exactly. unethical. That's dirty. That's, that's, that's unethical. Dirty. Gabe, I'm going to slap John for you next time. That's no, <laughs> it's, just, it's just unethical. Gabe. But yeah, basically, I, I, I the think The two extremes crazy. of the human physique. <laughs> Gabe and Kevin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's too funny. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting. Um, Gabe and I had a uh, a kind of a gray past. I feel like uh, there was a time where um, Gabe and I were not amicable. We're not in an amicable relationship. We we both were in student works, and you know. I had a bad experience with him. He had a bad experience with me. And so when Austin brought up the opportunity to have Gabe on, I was just kind of like, I don't, I don't know if Gabe even likes me. I don't know if I like Gabe. So, you know, I kind of practiced what I, what we preach here in the podcast. I just called Gabe. We had an authentic conversation. We cleared some things up and uh, yeah, I gained another person in my life. And I think Gabe also gained another person in his life where a relationship was restored so that was an awesome experience. That was a fantastic conversation. Um, it was really, it, it really tells about Gabe's character to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, I said, why not? Let's just give this a shot. And so this is, we're running this experiment. I see this as a want, not a need. And I'd rather mm -hmm. keep things slim than adding stuff to the podcast. But uh, That's great. this is why the reason we're mentioning this is because your feedback drives the podcast. Tell us what you like, what you don't like it highly influences what we do here. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gabe Milling, everybody. That's a great Thanks point. Thanks for helping though, out. Like, I feel like there is a reluctancy. I'm thinking of like areas in my life where there's people that it's not that I don't like them. It's just that like, there was a bad experience, right? Like you described or like, what did you say? Did you say bad experience? Is that the term you used? Yeah, like I like there was a moment where I said something to Gabe that I should have not said. There was something yeah. like that in the reverse, and then it was just left at that. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It'd be like one of those example. weird moments. Like I saw Gabe like in an, an event, but like we made eye contact, but like we didn't say hi to each other. And that it, I didn't think of it much, but like that's actually stuff that I don't want to happen in my life. And that was a 
That's something I should right. have done. And then the game and I had that conversation. So, that went so great. here's here's what I wanted. This segues very beautifully into a quote that I put in the uh, in the Patreon chat a couple of days ago. Um, it's the idea of hold on, where was it? This is great. I'm so prepared. Um, like y- you want to you obviously would prefer to not have these situations with people in your life that aren't people again that you it's not like you hate them it's not like you just despise them i guess but you just had like this weird or negative experience with them and you both know that it could be solved with a phone call for the most part but there's like a reluctancy to do so not even a reluctancy not i I actually don't call it a reluctancy it's a blindness it was just it was just in my blind spot like it was just like this thing that i didn't even know like I could do. I was like, oh, that, like, oh, that's, that's an option. Like, I can just, it's funny because I've had so many of these conversations and every year I try to like think back, but here's the quote uh, Forgiveness yeah. is accepting the apology you will never receive. I don't know if that relates. Yeah, I don't know if that relates. Yeah, I think that's for like people who like you never talk to or somebody who's dead. That's how it lands. Well, I think about it in the way that's like, if you forgive someone for something, it's because you haven't received, like you could give, you could forgive someone who apologized to you, but the ultimate form of forgiveness is moving on despite not having received an apology and being the first one to extend a forgiveness, like, or, 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 or go exploring down the path of gaining a forgiveness. I guess so. Yeah. Have you ever like, 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 I'll be honest, like in the last three years you know which is arbitrary number but just you know my you know foreseeable memory i can't remember a single time that i've ever felt a need to forgive someone or like not forgive like it's just it's it's just it hasn't been in my vocabulary Hmm. like name something that happened to you that you've had to like forgive someone um like it's kind of a weird like power like like i don't know like like there seems to be something like almost like no 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 the way i the way i see it is an incompleteness it's just like an incompleteness like there's a relationship that hasn't come to a satisfactory or stoic conclusion there's there's still unserved sort of uh it, it just haven't hasn't reached its conclusion like like at one point, John, you actually did this, like with Matt. Like there came a moment where you just forgave the guys. Like, oh man, like Matt's just going on this journey, and he really did actually give it his all with the tools that he had. But it just didn't. No, work. But that's the thing. I, 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 I well, that I is forgiving. That's I actually don't agree with the statement you just said. But you don't. No, I no, but no, I. Well, I just absolutely not. Neither would Matt. But oh, okay. I. Uh, I, uh, I don't like, I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't feel that like, I don't even think there's a need for me to forgive or like, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing for me to forgive. Like, because Matt it was never it. personal essentially is what you're saying. Right. Is that where you're going with that? Like you yeah. don't need to forgive. Like, I, I guess like, wasn't... I guess forgiving someone is almost like the most unstoic thing ever because to forgive some, someone implies that they did harm to you. Uh, and I just don't know no, if I accept I, that. Uh, what is the definition of forgiveness? Yeah, Gabe, you're fucking. Gabe, could you pull you know, that up for us? Put your, put, yeah, pull up your socks. Let's go. <laughs> this is this is your pull this is your moment. Your socks. Yeah, rip off the t- yeah. do the t- pull away the tearaways. Yeah. 
Definition of forgiveness. Read that out, John. Uh, <laughs> psychologists generally define forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings or resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Yeah. So I guess in my opinion, I guess, the, I guess it has harmed you, right? As an individual. Yeah. So, so in my opinion, I've maybe, maybe the part of the reason why I've just like never had considered forgiveness is that I just don't really accept that people harm me. Like that, like, that, like okay, I, that's I, why you're I, saying not, it's, that's why you're yeah, saying like it's I'm, antithetical to stoicism. That's like, why that, no, no, but I'm, I'm not even, no, but I'm just saying like unconsciously, I've never even considered forgiveness for as long as I can remember. Like I cannot remember the last time that I've ever even remotely felt the need to forgive someone. That's the most John Morgan thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. But in a good way, but it's like, it's just, that's like even my father, I, I like even my father, I, I, I didn't even like that. Like that was like the last conversation where I even remotely think that I was going to forgive someone. But even then I didn't forgive the guy. I said, Hey, thank you. Like, this is, this is, you know what I mean? Like, right. Okay. Okay. Here's, here's the thing. Can I, you're saying that in order to forgive someone, you have to accept that they've harmed you. And the yeah. reason that's antithetical to stoicism is because no one can harm you. Only your thoughts of them can. Correct. Well, uh, uh, only you can harm you, you. Yeah, only you can harm yourself. Right. And so I would this is why I would it's never, like, I, I would never want to, and ideally, never relinquish that control. So hold on. How about this? Let's say I call you tomorrow morning, John, and I'm just yeah. like, <clears throat> John Morgan the third. I tr yeah. truly believe that you have had an overwhelming negative impact on my life, and I think that you're a waste to the planet that wouldn't hurt you the same way that people talk shit about smith and wesson every day and i'm buying more stock it don't matter to me it would though no I, well well because right? i can say something response. that would hurt you right i, I can would say be, something that would it would present an opportunity to hurt him he'd have to internalize it you got to remember john is very mindful so he I, maybe i'm giving you too much credit but like probably but like, ideally, if we're looking at Marcus Aurelius, like he's just very present. Like when things are happening, like remember the example that John gave or like we all went through when, a, when you're really present and mindful and there's a customer yelling at you, but you're not even reacting and your heart rate isn't even going up, but you are present. Like that person is, it's impossible for them to do any damage, even if they're yelling yeah. at your face. No, okay. Remember fair. with the fridge that you scratched, fair. but didn't really scratch. Same oh thing. yeah, dude. Great story. Same thing. But you didn't have on. to forgive her for yelling at you. I will never get impacted by what a client says to me, but there are a certain number of people in my life that can impact my state. Yeah, but but who made yeah, that but rule? impact and harm are two different things. Like name, like seriously, name a scenario where you think that I would be legitimately harmed from another individual. Trisha breaks up with you. Could be the greatest opportunity in my life. Okay, pause. Damn, she's got you're roasted. Such, you're such a. Uh, no, but okay. he, he's actually like that makes sense. Well, no, it, it could it's just be framing. It's framing. It is framing, but hold up, just acknowledge that it would fuck with you at like a cellular level. Your physiology, your mindset, your state. I've already, impact, I've already played right? through. I've already played through this scenario. Almost okay, weekly. good job for playing through it. But when it happens, it's different. There's going to be a physical totally. state change. Dude, absolutely. You don't know if you're going to rise to the occasion until you play the game. But 
you know, you can't help a brother for thinking he's going to hit the game winning shot. If, if Trisha, okay, died, I, I think that I would adequately respond. Actually, yeah, you know what? I, I, we were talking. I don't actually, doubt okay, that you would adequately respond, though, John. That's not my. That's not my doubt. My doubt is that you, there is a world where Trisha could do something to you that you would take personally and that would require forgiveness. Yeah, but 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 uh, no. Well, okay. So again, though, uh, if anything, I would forgive myself for allowing it to harm me. Like I, I would. I, why would I forgive the other person? They didn't harm me. I spent like four hours reading meditations and everything actually lines up here, Austin. Okay, everything okay, that hold, John up, is saying hold up. Actually lines up. No, it's, this point? doesn't line up. I mean, logically, this just new is the only point? way this makes sense. New point. Agree with the mental side. What if someone beat the shit out of you? Now they hurt you. You can hurt my body, but you can't hurt my mind. Okay, dude, yeah. No, dude, hold remember on, the quote up. he read no, from no, no, no. where the guy's leg I'm is getting like sawn off? Dude, when the guy's like, he's like, yo, I'm going to cut your head off. He's like, yeah, and I never said fair you enough. couldn't. So yeah, fair, yeah, enough. fair enough, man. I'll extend yeah. my neck. He's like, tell you what, I'll put my head out. And then matter of fact, there's this one stoic. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, forget, yeah. The, I forget this guy's name, but they go to fucking chop his head off. And I guess the guy didn't sharpen the fucking ax or something like that. And he fucking just cracked him in the back of the neck. And he he said- fucking sharpen that thing because like and he put his head back up on the block yeah, 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 he's yeah, like yeah. yo like yeah, 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 you yeah. guys fucked up like cut my head off you know yeah, he like willingly without flinch put his what? head back in yeah he's like yeah i'm good with this man you guys aren't hurting me just so you know okay like you're chopping off a human's head but you're not taking away my soul you know like <laughs> okay okay now <laughs> the scene the scene of epictetus this is one of the most badass <laughs> scenes of all time so the reason why epictetus was a was a cripple was that he he was a slave and he was the slave of a particularly like like the like he was like uh uh the slave master was like the worst like one of the worst most cruel masters in in his time what's the, the slave guy from django unchained like that kind of guy you know candy whatever his name was something candy. anyways anyway. yeah either way so there's a scene where uh epictetus is tied down onto a onto a table every limb but his right leg and, and they took his right leg and they just kept twisting it in a circular motion and just kept twisting and twisting. And the, and the slave master said, anytime you want, you just, you just let me know that you're broken. And then I'll, I'll, I'll stop the twisting. And he said, no, it's all good, man. You do your thing. Like you can twist my leg, but you can't twist my soul. And the slave master, that's why he was a cripple. Cause he's like, no, I'm not giving in. He's like, no, yeah. I, he's like, I'm not going to relinquish control over my mind. You can take my yeah. whole body. You can kill me, but you cannot break through this. Yeah, yo, Austin, two nights ago, um, Dan, Dan Javon invited me uh, to this place. It's called Othership in Toronto, where it's like a, a sauna, a chill room, and it has like four ice baths. And I've never done an ice bath before. Like it's filled with ice cubes. It's like yeah, what all yeah. NBA players do. It's amazing. Yeah, but it hurts. Like if you ever put your yeah, hand yeah, in it, it's yeah. like there's, it causes yeah. a lot of pain. If you put your feet in, it causes a lot of pain. Yeah. So I just... Especially probably... if you go from hot to cold, it is painful. Exactly. Exactly. But I was, I was listening to some uh, Sam Harris like a couple of days ago and I was doing meditation. I'm, I'm practicing being more and more mindful. And so my only strategy at that time was to ask, like, there was like a guide there to make sure, like a guide. And I just asked her, will I die? Is there a chance that I will die or get a heart attack? She's like, very, very low. Is there a chance that I'll pass out? She's like, yeah, there is a chance, but that's why we're here. So I said, okay. So like literally death is out of the question. So I went in, 
And I did it for two minutes by just focusing on my breathing. Dude, that's sick. Two yeah. minutes is pretty long for your first. This is your first it's time? It's super long. Yeah, first first ever time. Wow. Two minutes. And I made sure my neck was also below water because that's your biggest nerve. So, you, so if it was you, like just like to your chin. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and I sat there and I did my breathing mm. and I and I practiced being present, feeling the sensation of you know breathing in, breathing out, the the sound of that's around me, um, just the my hair. I tried to focus on everything above my head and I actually experienced no pain. Um, I did it three times and on my third time I didn't practice full med- like full mindfulness as a test, and it was the most agonizing two minutes of my life because I was just I was thinking about my leg. And then I started moving my leg. But if you move in ice cold water, it causes pain because there's current that's rubbing up. And then my hands, I started moving them. And it was just, it was a lot of pain. So um, wow, I, actually, I actually think somebody at Epictetus's level can just like meditate and completely ignore his leg being crippled um, with enough practice. I think it is possible. And I think um, the thing about forgiveness is one of the wisest things you said, John. Yeah, like, because nice. I know, like, most people's mind goes, okay, well, what if someone stole your money? It's like, well, I thought about this. You? Yeah. It's like, did they really harm you? If no. anything, now you've learned the lesson of how you can protect yourself better, right? They've actually harmed themselves, though. I mean, they've, you know, you still have your, you still have your honesty. They don't have theirs. Uh, Austin, right? have you read Meditations in full? No, not in full. I've read, Dude. I've read pieces of it though i'm looking at it on my bookshelf dude it's it's one of those things where i'm like do you need any other book like that's like what i asked myself i'm like is there a reason i, I would read any epictetus is selected discourses is pretty insane like it's, okay let's it's, say you had both every of time those. do you need anything else seneca's seneca's uh moral letters to lucilius is no 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 but this, that, yeah but the same friend group you know like that's that's, oh, that's okay. the same like do you need anything than that type of philosophy i don't know man i, I don't know it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of wants afterwards, but yeah, you're right. It was like fascinating. I'm like reading it while eating and I'm like, oh, I shit. think so, right? I think if you told me, hey, yo, John, like basically there's only one book left on the planet and you get to keep it. It's one of those. I think so. Um, yeah. Like, it, 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 like, okay all things being equal, like this point onwards, if I only have one more book, I think it would probably be tightened by, by Rockefeller, like, or about Rockefeller. Come on. I just love bro. that book. No, yeah, it's just, it's cause you're just reading it right now. No, like no, it's time. not. It's absolutely not. It's in it also not the third time. <laughs> um, I fucking love that book. I just, I like, I, nice. it's, every time I read that book, I'm just like, it's the, it's like one of the best weeks of my life. It's, it's amazing, but, and it's got a lot of the stoicism in there, but yeah, meditations is like in there, you know, like, yeah. Yo, John, do you have your phone next to you? I, I threw my phone away. No, I don't. Oh. I threw uh, mine away. But on that note, Austin, I wanted to ask you this question. Um, yeah, let, me, let me grab my phone. This was a question I sent uh, to John, and I, and I did some thinking about it. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think everybody knew it was going to come to this point, but I'm, I'm coming to it myself. Here's the question, Austin. Mm-hmm. If the Stoics i.e. Marcus Aurelius, see the wandering of the mind as a primarily negative habit, wouldn't they view music as nothing more than a distraction labeled as entertainment? 
a piece of entertainment whose side effects include daydreaming, the writing of a non-present, artificially risen emotion, and depending on the music, an ego-feeding activity. Music has nothing more than a distraction because it wanders the mind. And typically when you're listening to music, it, it creates an emotion that you ride. You will end up daydreaming and not present. And depending on the lyrics that you're listening to, might make you feel good just because it's playing well, on no, your ego. You could be, no, no, just, I, I want to make sure that we're, you could be present to the, the emotions that are arising from while listening to music. If anything, music actually might make you more present. To emotions. Well, to the current moment, yeah. Which are fueled by emotion. I agree. And I would find it... I, I, I feel like as a result of being born in the year 1996, that that influences my reluctancy to agree. Because I think that if you were to ask a person this question 500 years ago, I think the population level would almost be certain. But if you were to ask someone this now, I think it would be reluctant. They would be reluctant to agree, but I think objectively speaking, it's true. I, I can't help but destruction feature to music that also can play into ego for sure. Yeah. So Gabe pulled up here the healthy benefits of music can elevate the mood producing dopamine, uh, help relieve feelings of anxiety and depression. Yeah. But is that a real, like that to me just strikes me as a temporary solution. Yeah. I think, this, I mean, okay. So Amber, one of the things that, that to consider is that I think that um, when done in moderation, probably harmless. But mm -hmm. if you use music as a crutch or as a, you know, like if you're a slave to it or, you know, you become dependent upon it to elevate your mood or to reduce your stress or et cetera, then, then that's where, you, you know, there would, that would be a weakness, I would say. Right. Yeah. Like, like yeah. if you need a, if you need a pump up song, you know, in order to, you know, work out or go do work, whatever, every single time. Well, that may not be available to you, right? So that's clearly a, an inferior position to just being able to, you know, get to work without that. Yeah. Hmm. I, I looked it up uh, as well beforehand. And there was this well-written article that cites different philosophers on this. And basically the conclusion of it is it's a preferred indifference. Yeah, hmm. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Amongst philosophers, it's a preferred indifference. Yeah, like they, they cite like sports and gladiators. Like mm, Marcus, mm. one of the things he talks about is he, like he'll, he'll go watch the games, but he's not going to pick a team to cheer for. Yeah. Okay, now, I like, okay, so I guess there are certain songs that play into that, but then there's songs that are like, I don't know. I feel like they make me think and reflect more. I think they actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Like, like I think Th- if we're listening to that's not what I'm to, talking to... about. That's not what I'm oh, talking about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I yeah. thought you just said music. Did you say a particular genre of music? Uh, I I was like, I said music, but I'm, I was thinking about like rap, hip hop, okay, yeah, pop, yeah. okay, or like no, the popular. Fully agree. Fully agree. Popular. The whack. The wax of the world. Yeah. yeah. The wax. Yeah. There's Which definitely a, a lot few more. songs though that like kind of get me. Uh, they they make me reflect. They make me more grateful. They make me feel a sense of purpose. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, like I listen to like uh, when I run, I very yeah commonly I'll listen to the 1975, which is a band. Yeah, yeah. And I just love yeah, running great, to their. Great band. I love I love listening to their stuff. I also really like Little Peep when I run. I like his stuff. In high yeah, school, do, I was do, a poser. <laughs> I was a yeah. Rude. Do you like Juice World, John? I haven't what heard Juice World. No. What an interesting. No. You, you, when you I like die, bury me with, with all my eyes on. Yeah. When I die, bury me with, me with all my eyes on. Isn't yeah, Little Peep dead? Yeah, he uh, OD'd. Fuck. Yeah. Too many pills. That's pretty much the end game for all those emo rappers. It seems like. Yeah. Yo, speaking of emo rappers, John, I got a, I got a question for you. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to challenge. You mentioned net worth before. I was thinking about this. And you cited criticism over how people's net worths that are held in stock, such as Tesla, is not really real net worth because it can't be grabbed for. Can't be reached until it's liquidated. To me, that seems to be like a preference that you have over owning cash than equities and businesses. Can you elaborate? Well, no, that's not true. Okay, so what did I misinterpret? Uh, intrinsic value. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. Um, remember when he... This so would we, be a great time to tell you that all my money is in Tesla. So, yeah. All of it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, if that's what uh, floats your I'm boat. I'm just man. joking. I'm just joking. Uh, yo, the amount of people that brought up the Tesla conversation to me after, like in, uh, I'm going to say five people brought up the Tesla conversation to me. And they were like, like dude, dude, you too? Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. all mine in Tesla as well. <laughs> yeah. Tell Shut them, tell them there's no, an episode called that. Misery Loves Company that they, they should go listen to. say that shit. Oh, Gabe with the Tesla stock getting pulled up. Yeah. All right. All right, boys. Well, hey, look. Yeah, but notice how Gabe only pulled up the price and not the actual balance sheet of Tesla. So, oh, I know a common I know. amateur. Wow. Hey, hey, look guys, we already went over this cap. in depth. We already went over this in depth. It doesn't make sense. No, their balance sheet actually looks really nice. Yeah, and I'm not investing in them. It's actually I their in, it's, it's actually their income statement. Their income statement. Yeah, pull up their income statement. Yeah, go to Yahoo Finance income statement. Yahoo. Yeah, no, no, this is fine. Just yeah, just go. And then uh yeah, go, what, just what's so on, nice yeah, about yeah, their accounting yeah. statement or their income statement? No, it's nothing no, it's, nice it's, about yeah. it. Uh control F and then just go shares outstanding. No, it doesn't it doesn't show. Uh Go, it's uh, uh, it's under net co- net income common. Uh, there it is. Okay, so uh, basic average shares. So go back. Like, how many years can you go? Oh, they're not going to allow you to go back very far. Yeah, you don't have the premium. Yeah, it's all good. Either way, 
I was going to show the I was going to show the share dilution. Anyway, we don't we don't get into a tangent about Tesla. Point yeah. being, uh, Amber, your question about net worth. Yeah, no, I think that I think that you have to have a, you know, I think that I think there's a certain level of, I guess, you know, intellectual honesty towards what what you think the intrinsic value of something is. Yeah, yeah, no, fair play, fair play. Um, and then we had a Patreon call um, on Tuesday where we tried, where we, we had, I think it was Dylan who was doing his MCAT. Oh my God. What a great conversation that was. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wanted to bring up how bad we were at the math because we were basically calculating, we were basically saying to Dylan, like, you should try to pass your MCAT. If, if, if you want to end up in, in medical school and actually become a doctor, you should not fail your MCAT. And it's okay to maybe make $10,000 less profit in your business this year if it means increasing your probability of passing the MCAT. Versus mm. doing both. Is that where you're going to come from? Uh, yeah, no, no. I was just going to say how badly we've like calculated that number. Like we tried we to like probably, adjust. We should probably just call Dylan directly. Then, it was announcing it, was, it here. No, no. But like that was, that was, that was just another, like we, we were trying to calculate the opportunity cost of failing the MCAT. If he wants to be like a, a what, whatever, a, a doctor type of doctor. That makes uh, what was it going to be? Octologist, a, oncologist, oncologist, oncologist. Yeah, the average salary Dancer of an oncologist. Doctor. The average salary of an oncologist is three hundred fifty thousand. I'd rather be an offcologist. <laughs> okay, all right. I can just move on. That was <laughs> something, what a way to kill it. Actually, um, John, you make a lot of shitty jokes. That one got me. That oh one got me. God. Um, is it what is it? Is it cancer? Yeah, no on oncology. No clue. Um, oh, uh, MCAT. Yeah, it's a, it's a medicine answer. Cancer. Cancer. Yeah. yeah, anyways, I just wanted to mention that. I just wanted to make a public apology for Dylan. Dylan, the cost of you failing that MCAT is uh, is not 27,000 or 50,000 or 97,000. It's just 350,000. That's it. It's it's around that. Where do you get that number from? It's his annual salary. It's the annual year. salary. If we assume that he has a hard stop, we're making a lot of assumptions. But we tried to like discount the value of three hundred fifty thousand dollars in today's dollars. Whoa! I feel like you're really lumping this in, Ammer. I, you dragged me into the call. You just said, John, what's the present value of X Correct. number? And I Correct. whipped out a sheet of paper that I have next to me, and I popped it off, and then that's it. So I, I'm not. Yeah. So know. I apologize. <laughs> don't, no, no, yeah, John, don't lump me into this. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was my mistake. <laughs> So I'd like to own up to my mistake. Uh, my mistake. Yeah, that's awesome. not how you like calculate that. Next to me, that just has like yeah. a, it's a table of present yeah. values for inflation. Yeah. Also, well, John, anything. I'm I'm confused why you still own gold. <laughs> for anything. <laughs> the fact that you own gold seems to be your most irrational. He's smiling, decision. which means it's emotional. Look. Look. No, John I has, no, no, I was smiling because John I was has emotions. <laughs> no, I was I was I glanced over. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I got gold. Yeah, I don't understand why you own gold. It seems to me like a, a like a doomsday prepper what type do you of think behavior. That, um, it's not it's an asset. Hundred U.S. Uh, an ounce. What um, gold? What 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 do you think? Uh, like, why do you think it's an irrational thing? Because it's not, it's it's not income producing. It just it's just a store of value. But like, are all assets that are non-income producing? Yeah, but you have better opportunities 
to to put your money the fact that you'd own gold to me just seems like very doomsday preppery that's usd yeah and you bought two thousand dollar bars, John? Is, didn't you do that or something? No, I, I buy. I, I, I have one ounce bars. Um, you, you should not say how much gold you own. I, I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, I just said I have one ounce bars. I have thirty two one ounce bars at this location. Yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely do not. That'd be a lot of money. No. Um, yeah. So you just, you think it's irrational just because it, because it's not income producing. So therefore it's like, how do you, how do you calculate its value kind of thing? Yeah. Like I, th I thought about it and then I, I listened to Warren Buffett, this goal, the whole 32, China. the whole 32 foot cube thing. Yeah. You, 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 you could you buy all drill the farmland. It. You could, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah you, you drill it out of the hole, like out of the ground and like, you know, in, in like uh, in Africa <laughs> and then you put it in the, in, in another ground in Fort Knox. It's like, what are you, what are we doing here? It's like, yeah. Can you please explain? <laughs> yeah, John, actually, can you explain the value of gold? Like how you um, yeah, the way that I view it is it's, it, it's a long-term cash holding. How long-term? Mm. Obviously, you're talking about like 500 years or more. Why is that? why would you own anything other than businesses for the next hundred years, unless you're betting that the economy is going to crumble? Well, not necessarily. I mean, one thing you could do if you wanted to, is you could hold money in like, which is what Warren Buffett does. He holds T bills, like short-term, short-term bills. So yeah, that give him at least like what? 1.8%, 2%. He's still making money on his money. He's basically investing in the government. Yeah, yeah, um, and they're short term, so they're you know there's relatively, you know, they're going to mature. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess I mean the argument is that it's an it, it's an it's an inflation hedge. So you know, I, I can feel comfortable that it's not so much that I'm going to make money from I, I, there's no there's it's not that you're going to make money from gold. Like you don't buy gold because you're trying to get rich you buy gold because you're trying to store the value that you do have, right? And that's why I have gold as a long-term cash holding. It's also- I, I don't know that much makes more sense. Well, it's much more transportable. Like it's much more transportable than than cash. Uh, and it's also accessible because I can store it. At, I mean, I guess I could have a, a bundle of cash, but like- um, it's just, it, The way I see it, it's compressed cash. You can store more cash per like surface area. Well, yeah, but, but, I don't but hold you, on. Like, the fact yeah, that you me, call like, it an inflation hedge to me just isn't. Aren't businesses the best hedge against inflation? The right businesses. Yeah, but they're not. Um, they're not. Uh, they're not a cash holding though. Every minute of every day, Monday to Friday, during operations, somebody's offering you cash for them. How's that make any sense? Well, yeah, but but uh, like if I have if I have a uh, let's say a thousand dollars, okay, like inflation will erode away at that, okay. But b beyond that, it's not like it's going to be worth five hundred dollars tomorrow. Like or you know, th there's no fluctuate. There's not much. In, there's there's very little, if any, fluctuation in in the value of that money from a day to day perspective, okay. 
certainly you wouldn't store money, okay, uh, in in a business for cash purposes. Like Warren Buffett, for example, does not like he's not fully invested in the market because he has cash reserves. Now he chooses to store his in T bills. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but T-bills give him money back. Your gold does nothing. Your gold just sits there. It's not it's not put into the economy. It's actually completely against capitalism. It's not productive. Well, You're taking money out of circulation. Yeah. It seems irrational. I, I still don't get it. The the argument for gold is that it's 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 sort of similar to, I mean, I, it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of the same arguments for Bitcoin can be made for gold. It, it's it's a store of value. There's scarcity to it. Like you know, as far as there's a very st- like how much gold is being reproduced, for example. Like there's there's intrinsic there is a intrinsic value to gold. I mean, there is there there's there's uses for it. So it, it has a, a it has a floor of what you know like for jewelry, etc. Like there's there's uses for gold. Okay, that that give it some sort of intrinsic property. Okay, now what you want to put that on that? That's 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 debatable. But the supply of gold is it's 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 very fixed and like there's not like we're not fine. It's extremely expensive to mine. Um, like when you I, I, I get the joke of you're saying, well, we dig it out of the ground in one spot and put it in, in the ground in another. OK, yes and no. But part of the value of gold is that it's one, it's it's you don't know where it is in the ground. OK, so it's not like you just. Like gold, it's not like just readily available. You can't just go find more of it. It's like, it is an extremely difficult thing to find and also find enough of it that it's even worth your while to find that amount of gold, right? Um, then when you do find it, you have to extract the gold out of the ground, okay? So there's there's all this energy put into actually finding this gold, okay? And people have assigned a value to gold for a very long time because of its 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 scarcity. Uh, its durability, its general properties of looking beautiful, which is why we use it for jewelry, et cetera. There's, there's reasons why you would use it. Okay. Now it's not valued based on its earnings because it has no earnings. There's no, there's no, there's no, I'm not making any money as far as like, there's no, um, there's no earnings report for the gold that's sitting, you know, where, wherever I store it. Okay. It's, it's just not. Okay. But what you can argue is that the amount of dollars in existence versus the amount of gold in existence, gold is a much harder currency than than a US dollar. Like, for example, the stat, now this is somewhat outdated because it's been a few months later, but this was valid up as of, as of, as of a few months ago. 80%, more than 80% of all of the US dollars in existence were printed within the last 18 months, okay? Whereas gold is the reverse. Like the amount of gold that has been mined in the last 18 months in relation to how much gold is in existence is about one, one and a half to 2%. So one and a half to 2% of the gold supply was mined in the last two years effectively. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, yeah. We, everything you said, I actually remember, we talked about it multiple times, you mentioned it here. So I'm not mm-hmm. taking anything away from that. All I'm saying is when you put your dollars in gold, mm-hmm. you're not putting your dollars anywhere else. And 
from my understanding of your goals as a as a and you want to get good at capital allocation this seems to be a hypocrisy that if you want to play the compounding game and you're betting on the economy you're betting on smith and wesson if you're betting on your business on yourself on your health on your property on your family that money should be put into action to play into well, this compounding game maybe amer what's uh what's the price of of surviving like what's the price yeah. of so this is my point yeah. is, is more to what's john's point is like maybe we think about life differently Emmer. but like i know in the next three to five years i'm gonna have kids in a house and all these things so i essentially like insurance policies on being able to do that while maximizing growth which just doesn't come with putting all my money into businesses that cash flow or or to, to try and like invest the way i have been so far so for example like a life insurance policy that has the opportunity to invest within the policy, right? This is something that if you were to look at the dollar return per year, I could easily go and put that in a company that I could probably figure would generate more cash flow in a year over year basis or not cash flow, sorry, uh, return on my investment. But I would probably rather have a surety or like a guarantee in the back of my mind, knowing that if I were to get hit by a truck or if something were to happen to me that, you know, Miranda and my kids would be completely fine for the rest of their life. Right. So there's that, but then you start thinking about that compounded out over different areas of your life. And you're like, okay, now you're just, Amber, if I was in your shoes, I would think exactly the way you just described what you said, but I'm just thinking that like, I think you may think slightly differently if you were engaged planning on having kids, planning on doing all that. Maybe. I don't know. But, but your entire argument there is that you're afraid of the consequences if X happens. Therefore, this makes sense. That seems to me like a, a decision that's driven by fear. And I don't know if those decisions are good. No, it's, not, it's not driven by fear. It's driven by probabilities that are that can, that can happen just the same way you plan financially. And but but when I just have an, like life insurance, which is deductible, which doesn't, which is, you know, it's a hundred bucks, maybe 300 bucks a month. And it's not frozen in, in chunks. Okay. Change. Well then that's what I do. So. Oh, okay. But you don't know. Yeah. So I, I would rather yeah. you have insurance than gold. Right. But I'm saying that I, I don't think insurance and gold are the same thing, but what I'm saying is that insurance and gold have the same positioning according to your definition, because they don't maximize earnings. Because that was your whole thing. You said, why would you no, not no. invest it, in something it, that insurance, maximizes? On a balance sheet, insurance would be an expense, not an asset. Gold would be marked as an asset. I'm just basically saying, John, there's better assets out there. Don't waste your money on gold. You should sell your gold tomorrow and put it into more Smith & Wesson, an income-producing asset that he actually believes in, that he thinks will mm, be a net positive to the, Amber, to the economy. I, I, I really feel like you're missing, like there's, there's values of gold that are just totally that I think that you're just not valuing at all. Okay. Like, so for example, okay. Um, okay. So Gabe's got this pull up. So deflation protection, uh, deflation is defined as a period in which prices uh, decrease when businesses. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's also something to be, uh, you know, and, and I mean, that's ultimately the value of like a, so like a deflationary hedge would be like, I mean, you could argue that gold. So for example, but I mean, not, I, I wouldn't say that's the main purpose of, for me for gold because like I, I think cash would also sort of serve this purpose to some degree as well but it's maybe not it's not 
inflation hedge. But like Amber, if you look on, um, pull me back up here. So Gabe, stop, stop uh, sharing. Okay, so this is about seven thousand dollars in gold. Okay, and this. Okay, like I mean, for people that can't see, I mean, I'm holding up three coins. Okay. Yeah, they look like three loonies. They're, they're much smaller than a loonie, just to, just to oh, clarify. Yeah, yeah so just but just well, actually, no. Well, no, they're about the size of a toonie. I actually didn't realize how big they were. Mm. So uh, there's a toonie behind that. Mm. Okay. okay. So a toonie. So they're a little bit thicker than a toonie. They're much, much heavier, though. I mean, you couldn't even imagine accidentally using that, thinking it's a loonie. <laughs> it's, uh, well, no, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious. I mean, like, look at the luster <laughs> of that. Yeah, but either way, um, look, look, John. If, if you're saying, "Hey, look, it, it's just more efficient to store no, cash in gold," is that is that your argument? No, 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 no. Okay, so this is super, super. Like, as far as the density of value is concerned, if I had seven thousand dollars in cash, it it, it would be it, it'd actually be a lot of bills. It'd be a total hassle to to and but also it. Um. If I ever had to flee the country, if I ever had, it's who's who's to say whether or not they're going to value whatever dollars I have. I can go anywhere in the world, and this is recognized. It does not matter where you go. It doesn't matter what language you speak. Every single human on the planet speaks the language of gold. Okay, and so that's worth something to me. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. and so it's it's not <laughs> cool yeah. story, bro. Says Amber. It's not. No, no, no. I okay. actually agree with John. I agree with John, honestly. Okay, it's but when you purchase a, gold, you have yeah. to also admit that you're somehow like our like a pseudo yeah, like practice. Yeah, no, no. I am for I am foregoing. Uh, again, this is this is my point where I started off with this. You do not buy gold to get rich. Okay, it's very. This is this is extremely important. Okay. You, you don't buy gold because you're betting on its future price. Okay. You buy gold because you know that in the future, you will have the same value in the future. Like, so I, I, I'm not like it, the, the price of this gold, if it increases, it will be merely uh, uh, hedged against inflation. As in, I have X amount of dollars in gold now. In 10 years from now, I will still have in adjusted for inflation, ideally that same amount of gold. Okay. In 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 whatever currency I want. Yeah, okay, fine. And so that provides a certain so I'm foregoing, okay, all of the future gains that I could have gotten if I invested this in Smith and Wesson or whatever. Okay. Out of a fear of an like either your collapse, economy collapse, or your country's collapse. Well, you could say fear, but you could also say prudence. Like there's a certain, there's a certain- Prudence is subjective. Well, of course it is, but so is fear. I mean, uh, I, I'm willing to forego the benefits of future wealth because I'm very confident I'll be wealthy enough to have the present, okay, benefit of having a certain level of cash cushion that I know, like, like, I wouldn't stuff a hundred K into gold. Yeah. I wouldn't stuff a hundred. No. Well, I wouldn't stuff a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, <in> well, cash. <laughs> I wouldn't stuff, I wouldn't stuff a hundred thousand dollars in cash under my mattress because I am absolutely guaranteed to have less purchasing value or uh, yeah, purchasing power 
in the future. <laughs> gold, on their hand, offers me protection against the loss of purchasing power. So cash does not. So I would say it's superior to cash. Hammer, how do you respond for to long-term cash edge. holding? For long-term cash holding specifically. Just to put it, just to put it in perspective, just okay. So you know, a hundred dollar bill, right? Okay, that's a hundred dollars in gold. That's insane. And that's, I mean, it, and it's even smaller than that. I mean, this is there's a there's a case around it, but that's. Yeah, it's like an eyedrop worth if you're listening. Yeah. Interesting, man. Right. Like so, gold. The density of value for gold. I mean, this is a this is a. Johnny, this is a collector's coin, but this Johnny is a, Morgan's gold. It's like an eight hundred dollar coin right here, right? And I mean, this is tiny. Someone in our Patreon group is going to come rob you. <laughs> no. So they can see the video. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll get my Smith and Wesson gun out and protect my family. <laughs> no, unfortunately, uh, that's not an option here in Canada. Um, okay. Okay. So, Amber, do you see the value so, of like protecting against now like, here's uh, something that's absolutely based silly. on someone's net worth having like less than five percent of that in gold so as a, as you a, see this this, yeah. this this is this is inefficient okay this is just ridiculous in my opinion this and i and that's why i don't buy silver so why don't you so sell it this, well i mean it's still a long-term cash holding i mean it's it's inconvenient it's still a store of value but um this is super inefficient store of value in, in my opinion because this this is a 10 ounce bar of silver it's heavy it's like it's it's kind of ridiculous it takes up a lot of space like to put in perspective yo gabe pull up the definition of fear and the definition of prudence <laughs> whispers it so john doesn't hear it fucking so, meantime okay. john's wearing so here, this is a one ounce this is a one ounce <laughs> bar of gold this is like maybe 2300 bucks canadian okay something like okay. that it, okay. it okay. looks like the size of a ipod shuffle if no it's smaller than that no i would say it's the size of it's the size of an airpod smaller than an airpod oh, okay there you go perfect yeah it's it's not as wide but it's 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 the same height as an airpod okay uh, like the case okay so this is this is not even like that. This is like, this is a fucking, this is a lot of silver in my hand. These are all 10 ounce bars. This is less value than that one ounce bar of gold. This right. all seems irrational. I actually, I, I, this seems like fear-based decision-making. <laughs> How is it fear-based? I'm not, do I look like a fearful guy? I sleep super easy at night. Oh, Johnny. Okay, Amber and John, I feel like this is a yet another instance where you guys are actually speaking in different languages like amers amer is filtering for how to maximize and leverage your current holdings to build your net worth correct amer yes and not being driven with by fear okay There's and no fear. john no and fear. john is saying hey man i respect that I value that too. And in addition to that, I value it so much that I'm going to place a tiny little bet over to the side that's essentially a hedge on whether the Fed printed too much money in the long term. And it's a store of value and a currency that he doesn't have all his money in. John's essentially saying, if I keep all of my value in the form of money in one currency, isn't that also a risk though? Right? We're also talking about a relatively insignificant amount of funds. Like we're talking about 
No, no, no. But it's not though. Because if you take that money and you compound it over 30 years at 4%, you come to find that difference is what you're sacrificing. Yeah, but I mean, like, again, like, you know, and this is, this is where, you know, this is where it gets into the, you know, you know, extremely subjective, but like, what is the, like, what is the price of peace of mind? Like in the sense, like, okay, Amber, I know here, here's the thing. I know for a fact, okay, that inflation adjusted, that at any given moment, I have a year's worth of expenses fully covered. Ah, John's no matter a what the fuck happens. I, John, I respect that. Honestly, I would consider doing the same thing. Like cool. this is just, it's just, it's an insurance policy on like, like for example, is like, is insurance because like, do I have, do I have insurance on my vehicle? Cause I'm fearful. Well, one, it's mandated by the government, which I do disagree with, but two, no, because <laughs> I, I'm not willing to incur the cost of. I'm not willing to incur the cost uh, of not being insured, which is that I'd have to. So, I know for a fact that inflation adjusted, no matter what happens in my life, that's available to me. Okay, and I also, I also, if. Five years from now, I deem that, like, okay, I'll say this. If five years from now that I deem that, you know what, I no longer need this, like this, this hedge. Okay. Like, I'm, you know, as in, I have so many assets elsewhere that it's just, it's, it, it's just whatever. Like, I, you know, I would, I would be willing to sell it if, if securities prices were favorable enough such that it was it was the, 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 the benefit of buying those assets was far greater than the psychological benefit that I received from having that. From having this that. is what I'm pointing to. This is all a psychological benefit. Yeah, can't John, you were going be, so well there. And then you, you can't on everything, story. can't everything you're talking about be accomplished through the study of stoicism, mindfulness, and better mindset. I don't know if, you're putting like what is what is it that you actually disagree with like i i disagree with the condition Amber, that you do, you, Amber, do you have cash in a bank account right now no hold on i gotta no just one second yeah that's where i was gonna go next too like Amber, yeah, Amber, how, like, big, how big is your that's not what we're talking about that's not what it is though that's no no it is we're exploring an idea i'm not there's no blaming here there's no finger pointing whoa i didn't no 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 listen let's get fucking pissed off we're not talking about it right now i'm so mad right now i can't physical I don't. I disagree with the condition that you have placed on your peace of mind that is determined by having a certain amount of cash. That cash is an opportunity. Right? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. That is an opportunity that I see. So that's, Amber, um, that's all much, I'm pointing to. Okay. You can well, own gold. That's. Let fun. me ask a fucking question. Like a, it sounds Amber, like a fear -based you, cash is the ability to weather storms, buddy. So, like, I, I, I like I can I can endure a pretty long storm. If you own the right companies, you can do the same. Okay, well, pause. No, but Amher, not really, because having, ha like, okay, like, 
I have no problem uh, with having cash and cash equivalents like T-bills. We talked about that. That's fine. We're talking hammer, about gold. Gold is a cash and cash equivalent. What's it sounds that to me like you own... in the background? You guys hear that? Yeah, it's John. What is it though? I don't know. It's the... Mm, mm. John. No, that right there. No, it's every time you go to speak, Hammer. Look, I'm going to mute myself. Yeah, it's gone. No, it's John. It's John, bro. It's John. <laughs> what, what is the humming? I th- that's, it sounds that's like his, a... That's the, dot, that's, that's the sound of John's net worth disappearing. Is it like the AC? Is, oh, is, is it the AC? Well, it is the AC. It is the AC. Yeah. I, it's just like a... Oh, I, I think it's because mm. my AC is on. Yeah, yeah, it just it kicked in. Yeah, yeah, okay, no worries. It's hot. It's actually when we're talking, you can't hear it. It's just like when there was dead uh, air. It's all good. But um, okay, Ammer, let's just get to the bottom of this. I can tell you have a veto against gold. What or 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 like a like. I I don't actually have a veto on gold. Okay, shouldn't have said that then. How big? <laughs> how big? As a proportion of how long you can live is your emergency fund. I think that's like a mindset thing. What does that even no? I mean, just yeah, what like is that? that's a that's a shitty answer. <laughs> Objectively. No, it's not. That is a yeah. shitty answer. Because here's what you're Hang saying, on. John. Yeah. You're saying you have a year. <laughs> John's such a prick. That's so funny. Not at all. Not at all. I, there's zero emotions for me right now. Okay. Um John, what's funny is you're saying you have a year's net worth no matter what happens to cover a year's expenses assuming that if your business exploded, which let's like, if you think about what it takes for your business to stop working, you'd have to be severely handicapped mentally for that to happen. If, no, if I took no, away your legs, no, if I took true. away that's your not legs, true at all. that's not true at all. So if I took away your legs, you think your painting business still can't produce a million in revenue? No, that's not what he's saying. I, I, I think that the economy... <laughs> The economy, John's face. Dude, Amber, the economy, Amber just, yeah, Amber, Amber just trying to make the Amber most just random pulled, points. Amber just pulled the most left wing thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Which How is like, that left wing? Amber, what you is were like, going on here? What are Amber, these labels? Amber, left wing Amber, the label. It was because <laughs> I don't even know what you asked me, but then you're like, oh, so what you're saying is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So just like, relax. like Amber, then I, just stop. I, I'll, I'll explain. Like, 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 like left wing people, like they're like, they're like, oh, like you think people should have guns? They're like, no, I, I think that people should have guns. I mean, the Second Amendment is important. They're like, oh, so you think children should die? You're like, <laughs> it's exactly what I fucking said, right? That, that's yeah, the I'm way saying. John did that thing with his head. Yeah. So funny. Okay. Uh, no. So, anytime <laughs> someone ever says, "So what you're saying is," they never actually say anything even remotely. Okay, so what did I say? Okay, what did I say then? What did so I say? Jokes. What did I say? You weren't even listening. What did I say? Oh, I okay. Yeah, John. John, answer, what right? did I say? <laughs> I made you say that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you said uh you, just because Austin something said, sounds uh, like yeah, something. No, no. Like, what he said, uh don't help him, Austin. Well, no, what do you mean? Don't fucking <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> Amber's like, no, you're not allowed allies. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna, okay, Amber. Lefty I'm gonna Amber use, here. Lefty Amber, I'm going to use, I'm use, a, I'm gonna use a call a friend. Okay, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Amber said, you don't You're think- You're saying as if your legs got chopped off, you couldn't do a million dollars in revenue? 
You're saying it would it would take you to be severely like mentally. Like, obviously, that's not what I fucking said. I think this conversation he said, like, he said, even close to that. He said I it, it would take you being about- severely mentally handicapped for your business to shut down. Ever's just making the most insane points. Okay, hold on. Pause on this whole fucking yeah. topic for yeah. a second. Pause. Okay. No, we're not. What, what are we pausing? Well, no, I'm going to take this Amber, over because you, you guys are just insanity. drilling this podcast right in six feet deep. We have maybe a half a listener left at this point. This is embarrassing. Yeah. Okay. No, no, yeah, it is, is. content of the no, year. it's the this worst content. Okay. John, you guys are actually coming at this like John lives on the South Pole and Amber lives on the North Pole and life is just different on the two poles and you guys are trying to convince each other that there should just be one pole when in fact there has to be two fucking poles in the world. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Like you guys are both right. Like Amher, you are 100% right. John, you are 100% right. You just have different values. That's it. There's no bad. No, there's no, no, I disagree. Yes. No, I think, I, Austin, I think, I think, what do you think, John? Well, I think what happened is that Amher is on a like a Warren Buffett kind of kick right now okay and <laughs> no, this I think theory. That, this I is a think, theory well no that he absolutely is on a Warren Buffett kick okay right no now. but this whole is yeah this whole and still and, yeah. and stoicism there's, there's a lot of stoicism here that you're not picking up on but anyways go ahead well fair enough but I think that I think that Austin has misinterpreted Warren Buffett I've misinterpreted it now. I'm going to get into this with you guys. Or what have Ammer. I misinterpreted? Okay, I think, Ammer. Yeah, Ammer. sorry. Okay. Ammer okay. misinterpreted Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My point has more to do with stoicism than it does Warren okay. Buffett. What, what, what am I blind to as far as stoicism is concerned with my gold purchase? When, when you say you have this years long of expenses, what conditions need to be met for you to have to cash that gold? Like actually think about it. What conditions need to be met for you to need to cash that gold? There's, there's many. There's so many that we wouldn't be able to list them all. Give me, give me three. Should be easy. Uh, okay. If, if Smith and Wesson dropped below eight dollars a share, I would be looking at selling the gold to buy more mm-hmm. Smith and Wesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because at that point, it would be effectively be a cash holding. Okay, good example. Give me another. No, th- my question was actually more about having this year-long expenses. You obviously made some calculation where you said, I need a year's worth of expenses in gold. You obviously arrived at that, hopefully logically. And I'm trying to see why, how could you get there? What are you hedging against? You mentioned peace of mind. You mentioned prudence. That's all protecting from some downside. What possible downside can can show up where that would need to happen? Well, Amr, that's sort of the the idea behind prudence is that it's it's cautiousness towards the future. And I think that a certain you know there's an argument that um, there's a certain level of cautiousness or even even humbleness to accept the fact that there's unforeseeable events that are beyond blind spots. So, you know, you call them black swans, for example, right? I'm going to say that I have, okay, I don't know how much money John has in gold and silver. Um, 
but I have, I, I've for the past two, uh, I guess, yeah, the past two years. Okay. I've had one year of living expenses. So including like, if I were to continue living the same life minus like 10%, <clears throat> one year living expenses for Miranda and myself in cash, don't touch it. Now I'll, I'll let it be known that that you, cash hold on, in a, cash, yes. a, a year's worth of, ca- of expenses in cash. Well, not like physical cash. No, but like in the bank account. Yes. And I don't touch it. And that has gone down more than gold and silver has. So I've actually made a worse decision than John. So I might as well have purchased gold and silver in that sense. Potentially. Yeah. I'm pointing to the insanity of that. I actually, like, that's one of the breakthroughs I had this week was around that. Ammer, Ammer. I I have no safety net. I have zero. (laughs) I do not believe in having cash balances. I know I could earn money on it, but the money itself is worth something to, like, I do agree, Ammer, that if I got to a certain point of wealth, that it would make sense to stop doing that because I would have enough, like, I, I, I get that. Like, what what circumstances would need to replicate so that you could, uh, or what, what events would need to take place so that you would actually have to use that money? Like, I agree that if I was, like, a multi-multi-millionaire that I shouldn't have, like, my little nest egg of, like, you know, one year of living expenses because the amount of assets in different areas of the, of the market that I would own would... But I don't think I'm there yet. Okay, Nowhere cool. near that. If, if we could, let me just do a little checkpoint here. Can we agree having a lot of cash stored is is more more than necessary that you need like one year's worth like living in a condo with air conditioning and food and like that's just like that just doesn't make sense to me. Can we just agree this is mostly an emotional and not rational no. calculation? No, because emotionally I would not like to do it. Like emotionally speaking, I would probably rather spend the money more yeah, emotionally. I, remember, I I was gonna say I, I actually almost think that it's it's I was I was gonna say I think it's almost more emotional that people choose to not have. Yeah, exactly. I never said that actually. You 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 put those words in my mouth. I never said you shouldn't have cash savings. He didn't say you said that. He said it. John no, no, said he, he believes that it would be more emotional to yeah. not do it. Not oh, okay, you. then I then I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like well, I, mean, and I think more... it's be more illogical. Yes. If the opposite of logic is emotion, then yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of this is so situational too. I mean, like, like I said, like, I mean, if Smith and Wesson's a dollar, like I'm selling the desk, that I'm selling the chair that I have right now. You'd sell your shares in the weekly pod. Like I'm not even, like I would, I'm not even kidding. I, I would have a yard sale. Out. Like if, if Smith and Wesson opened up at a dollar tomorrow, I'd have a yard sale. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. He'd sell everything behind him, the folders. I'm not even kidding. I would fucking have a yard sale. He'd sell Trisha as like a if everything like a a nurse on call. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like I'd be I'd be out selling the food in my fridge. That's that's insane. Okay, but Amber, this is just again, it comes back to my original point where I tried to end this conversation, which is just saying that I have my own values. John has his own values. You have your own values. I value being prepared for any situation that could arise and not having my life suffer as a result. Are That's you prepared my- for a nuke? 
No, of course. How can I be prepared for a you need? get a I'm bunker? A human being, you get a yes. bunker. I am. Why isn't well, all your money I, doing a like some bunker? Like, well, I share. guess I just don't fucking believe a nuke would hit Elmer Quebec. Okay, like I guess. The but then nuke why would you I'm, believe one over the other? Probabilities. Actually, because I, the I think I think changes. that preparing preparing like, for a nuke actually has less to do with being hit by a nuke. It actually has more to do with supply chain issue um, things being disrupted. Like Amber, do you think it's do you think it's illogical that I have a a, a year supply of dehydrated food in my in my uh, closet? Do you actually? Yeah. Okay, that's that's that's. I can go. I can awesome slash insane. That's awesome. I don't think it's awesome. insane at all. Yeah, I guess that the word insane is a bit misused there. It's kind of like I don't know what my thoughts are. I find it interesting. It's just dehydrated food. I live Amber's next to a creek, cr- so I don't need water. The economy crashes. Amber calls us. He's like, hey, guys, uh, can I borrow some money? <laughs> okay, Amber, look. like I am fully prepared for an economic crash. I think you guys, I, I think there's just been, maybe yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a failure. I, I think it's a failure on mine. But Amber, I suppose we'll find out, right? I mean, at some point in time, statistically speaking, in our lifetime, we will all get to go through it. I mean, we all kind of went through one with COVID and I think we all navigated that perfectly fine, you know, and whatnot. But, but um, you know, I mean, there's going to be many events that are thrown our way. And I think our different philosophies will, you know, uh, align. We'll, yeah, we have well, the no, same. Not no, we I'm don't not have different philosophies. We don't. Oh, they will. They will. Well, all I'm start. saying is stacking I a lot of cash. That. I wouldn't say we have the same. All I'm saying is stacking a lot of cash, having a lot mm-hmm. of gold is primarily a decision that's based out of fear. And that's there's nothing if wrong. If I had a lot, bad. if I had a lot of gold, then I would agree with you. Amber, okay, I, I guess we. I don't know the amount of gold. No, no, means. okay, so because so that's all I'm saying, and I'm saying usually I want to reduce fear-based decisions, but yeah, that's one that I'm okay with. It's a Amber, could difference. you accept the fact that it's not a fear-based decision though? Like, do I really sound like a guy who's like like scared or afraid? Or I don't think he things? means that you'd be scared, John. I think he just means that the only reason why you would pile that much gold or cash is because I, you think that that could happen, which is a fear. Yeah, like I, I guess I'm still like I'm still unsettled that you haven't like I want you to explain when you said it's an insurance, it gives me peace of mind to have this. When you say that, well, hold on. If that was the only reason, okay, like for example, like I drive a Jetta, I think it looks cool. Does that mean that I bought it for a bad reason? No, because it's also fuel efficient, Ammer. Like it's 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 one of the many features, okay? Like you know, like I happen to like the vehicle, but I didn't buy it because it looks cool. It happens to look cool and it's fuel efficient. Okay. Like I bought it because it's fuel efficient. Yeah. Good. So I That's bought gold all... for many reasons. And it also happens like, you know, one of the externalities is that I, it fucking, it's nice. Like I can walk over, I can look at it. Some days I just, some days I am, some days I'm not even, I have a little chair. I sit and I have the gold in my hands and I stare at it for a little bit. I touch it. Yeah, what are the flip it over. what are the main reasons of you owning? Is that gold? weird? I don't know. I fucking like it. That's a good argument, like actually, John. I, I, <laughs> think, I, mean? think, I think we're getting closer here. What are the like, main I ar- like having the fucking gold? What are the main reasons for owning? What is the number one reason? The number one reason, Please. number one reason is it's it's an inflationary hedge. It's it's an inflation hedged long-term cash holding. Easily. Businesses are better at doing that. No, that, you cannot deny that. No, a business, no, a business is not a cash holding. 
It's just not. It's oh, not that, a cash, that was, cash okay, so ca- cash holding was your yeah yeah the, I chose every word there very specifically yeah got it yeah there was not a single word that can I you just type in the chat how much in gold do you have like privately just to me so I can just like understand because that's just missing for me Bruh. we could have ended the conversation right there all right I'm good. I think John Morgan's decision-making around his cash and gold are perfectly logical. Austin, <laughs> you're, you're cash holding for a year of expenses. I don't know. Yeah, Austin, you're out to lunch. That yeah. sounds kind of insane to me. That sounds like you're Wait, shooting I yourself. I just, I, just went, I just went and plugged something in. What? what oh, what you missed the most important <laughs> part. Austin sits back down. Austin, you're out to lunch. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? No, but said, Austin, you're cash holding. You would use that as a down payment on the house, right? Funny enough, that's exactly what is going to happen. So yeah, yeah, so there you go. Yeah, so it's 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 savings as well. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. Right. Although I would have preferred you put it into. Do you have a? Do you have thirty five thousand dollars in your RSP? Yeah. Okay, never mind. You're all good. Do you still want to buy a house, Austin? Is that still a thing you want to do? Yeah. Okay. Would you classify a house as an expense or an asset? An expense. Okay. And we're good. That was good. So we, yeah. So like to give you an example, by the way, when you walked away, we, we've, Austin, I think you and I are now in the same category. I think we both passed uh, Amherst capitalist quiz. <laughs> yeah. When you Am- left, Amherst. I asked John a couple more questions, including to, to, to disclose the amount of gold he has. He okay. did. Okay. And I asked him what the main reason. So he has, John has other reasons for owning gold that are completely illogical and I disagree with, and he knows that. I I should specify, they're not reasons that I own gold. They're externalities of the gold. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I don't own my Jetta because it looks cool, but it does look cool. Yeah. It's an added bonus. Okay. Yeah. So I just understood that. And then John explained the main reason he owns gold. And then he told me the amount of gold he has. There's a preferred indifference, right? But there's also a preferred preference. Like, for example, I am not solely dating trisha because she has a nice body however i'm not complaining it's 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 a great it's you know it's a great ass at yes robert california uh yeah okay so i agree we're good this makes sense done Amber, any other questions um no, the Tesla thing, the MCAT thing, and the gold thing were three things that I needed conclusions on, and I just so, got them. Okay, yeah, I guess. But like the one thing I I uh, I will leave this with is like, Amor, I truly do believe this, and I it's not even going to be up for debate anymore. It's just a belief I have that. Uh, Bro, why would you say even things like that to me? That seems. Well, like- I, let me. No, no, no. It's an opinion. It's not a belief. Hold on. Yeah, it's it's it's. Sorry, it's not even a belief. It's a prediction. It's not a belief. It's a prediction. Okay. All right. My prediction is that from the, if we if we check back here, can we put this in our in our in our schedules? June twenty sixth, twenty thirty two. Okay, ten years from today. Okay, I'd be willing to you know scroll all the way down on my eye. Austin, what do we talk about making meetings? Why are you why are you filling up my calendar ten years from now? <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Amber's like awesome. We spoke about this, bro. Less meetings. Less meetings. Um, yeah. Okay. So one more meeting ten years from now. All right. I want to 
title it Check in on Amher's opinion of finance of of financial what, savings. What is my because opinion on financial I, savings? I, no, no, no. It's it's not that it's what is your opinion now. It's just that I think that as you because you want to like we talked about this last podcast. You want you we were talking about like finding a girl, right? Having kids. Like this is something you want to do, right? Yeah, for now, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. So like do you honestly not think that the way you plan on saving financially will not change when you meet a girl and have kids? Couldn't tell you. I haven't thought about it. Okay, well, then that's why I want the the thing in your schedule in 10 years, because I, I want to see where you're at on that. If what you're saying is my opinion of financial ch- savings will somewhat change in the next 10 years, then the answer is yes, it will change. Okay, well then that's whether it's to the worse or the half better. The battle though, but that's half the battle because like John, I think is almost three years older than you. Two years. Think three. Two, Two. years, three months, five days. Why do you know that, bro? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I made that up. I made it up. I made it up. Okay, it's not true. <laughs> All right, good. That'd be cool if it was though. <laughs> no, it wouldn't actually. <laughs> but like. I, I do believe though that that <laughs> the way you think about how much money to hold as opposed to invest or grow. It was never about how different. much. It was never about how much. That was yeah, a small it, caveat. Oh, okay. Well then I'm, I am thinking it is about how much. Cause when I Look tell it. you, I have a year's worth of savings saved up. You don't know what that dollar figure is. We're talking, right? It's certainly but, but, less than the amount that John has. Yeah, but you have different chat. T- to me, it doesn't seem, I feel like John, one of his goals is to accumulate as much net worth as humanly possible. No, I, I don't. Oh, it's not. No, I don't think that's my goal either. That's not one of your side goals. No, no. Cause if for me to accumulate as much net worth or wealth as humanly possible, I would need to sacrifice areas of my life. I'm not willing to sacrifice. Like I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, my health, time with my family, uh, time I spend watching like certain sports activities that I really value. Like I'm always going to watch the Masters Sunday. I'm always going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm always going to watch the NHL playoff final. Like I'm always going to watch all these things. Like if I truly cared about maximizing the amount of wealth creation, I wouldn't go to like friends' cottages. I wouldn't. Uh, you know, go to a concert, I wouldn't like do all these things that I really enjoy with my life. So like, I, you know, because if I'm going to agree to you, Amber, like, obviously, I give a shit about wealth creation, but I don't like, want to yeah, make Amber. as much as I possibly can. Because then I like, I tried that for a year, and I worked like 100 hours a week. And I essentially got like an immune system disorder, because I was so stressed and working all the time. Well, ironically, I think you also made less money because you did it that way, too. Right? I made I made probably no, no, but ironically, you made less money than if you had done it like, like uh, in a more. Uh, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, you made more money that year than probably your previous yes. year, but um, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, Amara, you know, I, I was actually, th- I was, I was thinking about this recently, and because um, I, I talk to myself a lot, and then like when you talk to yourself, you kind of magically like come up with, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you guys do that, like when you run or whatever, or just like, you know, sure you do. Anyway. I, I think one of the conclusions I kind of came to is that uh, one of the things that really matters to me is that uh, I really want to 
provide and protect my family. Like that's a yeah. really important thing for me. Like I would say the number one thing I maximize is ensuring that that my current and future family is taken care of. Pretty cool. Financially, physically, you know, mentally, any way I can, right? And if you look at the things that I that I'm working on in my life, I would say that I'm blessed in the sense that basically, basically everything I work on contributes to those things. Like it's hard, like, you know, yes, like obviously there's some, there's still some weakness and, you know, within myself where, you know, there's some aimless action where there's, you know, some things maybe I get distracted by that don't necessarily contribute to that. But for the most part, I would say any of the major things that I do on a day-to-day basis all contribute to those and, and, and it makes me feel good, right? But well, like maximizing net worth to the to the nth degree, you know, as humanly possible. Not now. In saying that, though, do I want to be, you know, wealthy? Absolutely. But also, I would also say that I want to be wealthy. But I'm also like I don't like I, I don't like I do focus on it. But I uh, it's a byproduct of the things that I already love. Did anything can, change can for you there, Amor? I want to know what you think. Because after what no, I No, I agree said, with this. I agree. Okay. I, and, and I actually disagreed with what you said, which is that you somehow see that if you were to maximize for net worth, you'd have to sacrifice everything else. I think they're, I don't think that that's well, how you that said works. make as much money as possible. Humanly possible. Yeah. But mm. if. Okay. You're saying make as much money as humanly possible within the current time I invest into making money. And like even Amber, future, future capital allocation. Amra, I think I know what argument you're going to present here. And I'm sure Austin does as well. There's a certain efficiency to, you know, like prior to, you know, if you, if you, uh, you know, it's some of the argument that I have about like, what is life, what is work, you know, not blend, completely blend the two, you know, like it, it is, it is actually good for your work to take time off, et cetera. Okay. But like to get as rich as humanly possible would I think would require okay and I, I don't I don't I don't think this is actually up for debate I think this is actually a pretty clear point would require compromising on well maybe not actually but I think that there's you compromise on morals ethics family life etc right like yeah I don't think you're going sure. to your, and your I've done that. you're going to your child's I've uh, done that yeah yeah I actually agree with that yeah 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 yeah, I guess my um... the moral thing maybe not. I, I I do I do believe that in the long run I don't think that you would be as rich. Correct. Yeah, I actually agree with that. Let me let me read you this, Austin, uh, from Warren Buffett, and tell me what you think about this. Okay, and this okay. might surprise you. So, um, one student asked, "Are there any major life lessons that you two have learned about relationships through your personal experiences? And he says, that's a very important question. Um, you will move in the direction of the people that you associate with. So it's important to associate with people that are better than you. But here's the real value of what he shared. Basically, when you get to my age, who's, he's 89 when he answered this. No, uh, he, was, he's, he was 89 in 2019. Basically, when you get to my age, you really measure your success in life by how many of the people you you want to have love you actually do love you. I'll say it again. When you get to my age, 
you'll really measure your success in life by how many of the people you want to have love you actually do love you. I know people who have a lot of money and they get testimonial dinners and hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them. If you get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, I don't care how big your bank account is, your life is a disaster. That's the ultimate test of how you have lived your life. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. I think that's a great place to end what we we're just talking about. Okay, so uh, Trish and I are just wrapping up basically our first month of uh, of Pure Air, uh, like re revenue month of Pure Air. I was going to ask for more, but I'd like to wait for at least a quarter's worth. But yeah, but that's sick, man. With a full month with a general manager, correct? Well, technically, Tristan is the general manager. Of Pure? Of your location? Correct. Uh, uh, correct. So correct. the guy you hired, what is he? What's his role? Is he operations manager? I would say the org chart as of right now looks like this. Yeah. I would say that Tristan is GM. I am business in charge of business development, which is Pierre's way of saying sales and marketing. Okay. I, I would actually just say marketing. I wouldn't say sales. Um, mainly because. So you're a sales rep. Uh, I would say more of a more lead gen because we have a pretty interesting like system where like basically the way that it works is that I generate leads, those leads. Well, I, I generate estimates, I should say. I don't even bother. We don't really necessarily focus on leads per se, but we, we, I generate estimates. Jeffrey goes and does those estimates, uh, sends a report to Tristan's uh, commercial estimator. The commercial estimator puts together a quote. Tristan then sends it to the, to the contact and then follows up and tries to close the deal, basically. So that's the current system, okay? Je and, and Jeffrey, being the tech, will we'll always have it that way. I mean, our, our sales process is generate that, generate, you know, book in the estimate, and it'll always be this way. Technician does the site on site inspection, generates a report, goes to commercial estimator. Commercial estimator uh, compiles that information into a into a presentation. Presentation is then sent to client, and then closer comes in, closes the deal. Yeah, mm, cool. That's cool. very very much uh, like how you'd sell software. Yeah. So then, um, Eli, and then. Uh, and then, so then we have two techs. Well, one, Jeffrey's the main, is the tech. We have one truck. We're getting a second truck in approximately a month and a half. And so right now, one tech, Jeffrey, second tech starts this Thursday. And the, at that point, uh, we're then, and once we get the second truck, the goal is to get the org chart as quickly. So that's the current org chart, one tech, one truck. Um, BD general manager. How many okay. texts can you fit on a truck? Um, sounds like it sounds like a joke, but like. Uh, so, you would typically have one one tech 
with a helper, the helper working into a tech rule. And it would be two techs per truck because you, you can operate routes. So e think of each truck as its own little business. Okay. Yeah. It's very like, much like plumbing and electrical. Uh, yeah. Yes. I would also say it's similar to like a subway, like, you know, each subway location is its own little thing too, right? Like each truck is its own little location in, in a lot of ways. It has its own routes. Okay? No, I'm saying like the words you use, like tech, helper, route, the, oh, the sales process. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. It's a very different, very similar business model to yeah. electricians. Yeah. I'd say so too. Um, and, uh, so you'd have two techs per truck with a helper probably. And ideally you'd have it going seven days a week. So one guy would maybe work, you know, three, 10 hour shifts, you know, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and another guy's working for, you know, uh, nine hour shifts or something like that, you know, so on, so on. Okay. Um, but once we get the second truck, ideally what we want to have set up is two trucks, four technicians total, each truck going seven days a week. Uh, operations will be uh, Jeffrey, I'll still be BD, and then Tristan still being general manager. And then from there, if we can get to a third truck, when we get to a third truck, uh, ideally then tech moves up to operations, Jeffrey then slides into BD, um, Tristan would probably still remain GM, and I would still be involved in opening up new locations and still involved in BD. Got it. If you're going to buy another uh, pure air location, can you, yeah. can you hit me up? Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. I want to get, get you. Uh... Okay, cool. But if you, if you, if you, if it makes sense to have a conversation with me, then Add me to that list. I don't so know I'm excited. I'm excited about Pierre because I'm uh, Trish and I are, are kind of getting getting used to working with one another now, and I think that we're finding, like at least I'm finding that relationship more workable. Like as far as how like how does I fit in and what what value I can offer, etc. And and just kind of. But one thing that's interesting though is that. Um, I feel like there's a part of me that was resistant and Tristan called me out pretty hard on this, which, which is why, you know, when you said like the, the people around you ultimately, you know, mm -hmm. go in the same direction. Well, I'm grateful for, for my partnership with Tristan because there was, I had this interesting resistance towards Pierre for some reason, like, as in like, I, you know, but, but like, you know, in a lot of ways, not that I've, I, I'm resistant towards the word complacent, but it's probably more probable that I'm complacent than non-complacent, but I'm, I'm, I've grown complacent in the sense that I'm making a shit ton of money. My painting business is going extremely well and it, you know, it's, I'm maintaining it. Um, it like, I'm so skillful in the tasks that I do need to do in my painting business that it requires relatively uh, not, when I say effort, I don't mean focus. So the, the two different things, okay? Like, um, like it still requires a lot of focus for me. Like when I go to do an estimate, I'm extremely focused, right? But I book most of my estimates that I do. I'm able to get the exact jobs that I want to get. Um, you know, I'm able to, you know, motivate my painters. You know, I have a great management team with Jocelyn. Like, so just things are going super well with the painting business such that 
it doesn't require the same attention that I needed, you know, eight years ago, like eight years ago, it, I was wearing all the hats. I had to work my absolute hardest in order to get, get any results. Like I had to work, like to get a $2,000 trim job was, was extremely difficult, right? Whereas now for me to go out and get another full exterior hardy plank is just not particularly hard. Like, if I, like for example, if I needed to go book $60,000 next week, it, 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 it's absolutely within my wheelhouse of making that happen, right? Like it's, I could turn on the, I could turn mm-hmm. on the faucet, okay? And so because of that, and, and with me not necessarily having another thing, okay, um, I've become, because I'm still disciplined in the day-to-day tasks that I do. Like, for example, you know, I, I still read, I still work out, you know, like anything that, like anything that I'm doing, you know, as far as work is concerned, like as far as pro work is concerned, I'm disciplined. But there's still such an ample amount of time in my schedule that's just not being filled. And so there's, there's this weird dichotomy where I'm, I'm on one side, completely disciplined, waking up on time, doing all my tasks. You know, I'm not like, you know, I mean, I'm not sending out, you know, everything's being done well. And then there's this other side of me where I just have such an abundance of time where there's aimlessness in, in that. Right. Yeah. This is uh, this was present for me when I went to Rydell as well because who I was in my painting business is not who I needed to be in my new business. It's just different. Like the, the lifestyle and habits and discipline that I built around running my painting business, entirely different with once you go over to a new business model that requires different things of you, right? Like, no, I, I no, it's, it's, it, I, that's actually not present at all. That's not. That's not even. That's well, not yeah, even but who you are, about. who John Morgan is for Pure, is different yeah. than who John Morgan is for your painting business. Not really. Uh, well, uh, kind of, but that's not really where I was going with that. I mean, well, like who, I'm actually not struggling with that at all. Where, where I was going with that is that I I don't feel like I um, have given Pierre like 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 in a sense I haven't really yeah like I haven't really been. Like, I mean, I'm working on it now, but I hadn't really been giving it my full effort in the same way. Like, you know, like I hadn't really been like, I was blind to the fact that how great of an opportunity this really is. Right. Like, and, and that it can co like, I can take advantage of the pure opportunity to its fullest extent and also take advantage of the pro works opportunity to its fullest extent. Like it's not a pick one. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, is that really true, though? Yeah, absolutely. There's, 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 there's very little doubt in my mind. It's not a pick one. It's, it's completely within my wheelhouse to do both. To have it's both like, succeed, yeah. But I'm saying that, John. Yeah. My point was, who, like, you weren't taking it seriously with pure air as much as you could, right? Because you know that what's possible for you from an input and work ethic standpoint. Oh, I see exactly on, what you're trying to say. Based yes, on you're correct. Who, based yeah. on based on the guy who grew your painting business, you know what you can do over here. Like it, yeah, yeah. So it's just a question of like, why aren't what you are the tasks? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I and, and, and I'll be honest, I still haven't fully developed the tasks. Like I haven't really found the exact levers that I want to hit, um, and how I can maximize my productivity within the Pure Air business the same way that, which of course I wouldn't because I just started, right? But 
But the I'm one thing that, that slapped it, me across the face, which I'm sure slapped you across the face is just like who you need to be in a new business is like weird how you can't actually conceptualize that. Like Amber, you probably thought the same thing, who you were in your 500 K second year painting business radically different than who you needed to be for the first two years of trade arc. What do you mean by that? Cause I, I disagree, but yeah. I think it's, I think we, I think I disagree because I think we might have different definitions of what you mean by different person. Cause the task, like what I'm struggling with, and this might be what you meant to say, or, you know, yeah, for me, it's actually not like I am exactly like I, I like all my, my skill set, the capabilities, yeah, the things yeah. I need, yeah. it's all transferable. It's not at all like there's nothing, there's nothing that's new. Okay. Like it's mm -hmm. all the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a different, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just knowing which buttons to press. It's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's, that's exactly what you meant. It. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. for example, like I know, like if I want a hardy plank house, which first of all, one, I know that you want a hardy plank house. Like I don't, like I'm not necessarily clear what a hardy plank version of the Pierre world is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I, you know what I mean? So Dude, that's so fucking accurate. So one, I don't even know what the Pierre, I don't even know what the Pierre equivalent is. Okay. Yeah. But also I know, okay, here's the neighborhood you go to. Here's how you do it. You, know, you go knock on the doors. Here's the pitch you want to say. Here's the, you know, now luckily that's not really my involvement as of right now in Pierre. Like, so my, my involvement is literally just talk to, you know, is, is getting on the phone with people, emailing people, getting a hold of decision makers and, and booking in a quote mm -hmm. and just saying, Hey, look, at, let's just get a free on-site inspection. Right. Mm -hmm. So really I'm just an appointment setter right now for, for, mm -hmm. for, for, but for you don't know how to system. set up like an 11 on 10 appointment that's closable. Like, you know, with like, like you're no, still no, learning. That's not the issue either. No, no. Okay. But the you're still learning actually... how to execute the same way that you've learned how to sharpen your it's blade because, over here. No, no, not really. It, it's it, uh, part of the issue is that I'm, I'm, um, uh, like, can I, I'm can I try? This is a distance thing too, right? Like, I mean, if I was in, like, if we were, if, if this was a Kelowna True. thing, I could be out knocking on doors. I could get a team up tomorrow. It's yeah. I'm also doing like, I'm six hours. I've never even seen, like, I've never, you know I mean? Like I'm, I'm not even there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Amy. But I'm navigating it, right? And it's working. I mean, we are getting results. It's going extremely well. Like as far as like, you know, we've closed contracts with some of the top hotels in, in Whistler, you know, like it's, it's going well. It's just, it's just a, you know, it, I, I haven't, I haven't quite, you know, I, and this is not a, this is not a me complaining thing. This, I just, I, my effectiveness, it's, it's so funny to go from like, like you were saying, I, I can go, it's, it's, it's like, uh, uh, it's uh, like a lot of a lot of uh, gym uh, dojos will offer jujitsu and Muay Thai boxing at the same time, like it, not side by side, but the, the gym does both. And sometimes the classes go back to back. Imagine being a black belt in jujitsu and then just trying out Muay Thai for the first time. Right. So you mm -hmm. can go from being an absolute expert fucking choking out everyone mm -hmm. on the mat, fucking absolute ninja. And then you go stand up and get your ass kicked by a fucking someone who's, you know, younger than you or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that time. you're learning yeah. how to sharpen your blade the yes. same way it's been sharpened over there. Like, but what's also an interesting dynamic too is that it's one thing, and this is where Tristan and I are working on our relationship is that Tristan is not a very, let's say, forgiving person, or let's say a very, uh, he's not gentle by any stretch. Right. And so part of it's like you know I'm entering Tristan's world where he's like basically yeah. a master, right? And so there's just that's things that I'm so doing true. or. 
or whatever that are just so obvious to him that you would think would be obvious to me, but not really. Like, it's just, it's just like, it's just a different room. It's like, no, man, yeah, like, yeah. I know that I know this world. I don't know this world at all. Right. Yeah, so it's, just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Right. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like, I feel like you and I should talk about this more off air, John, because I feel like my experience with Rydell is somewhat comparable to your experience with Pierre, just like leaving a student works business or a painting business and going into another franchise model and dealing with that sort of like transferable skill set. But there's kind of like this optimization that still needs to be developed right Dude, and, this is this is yeah. literally why i moved in with james james is a black belt at running a consulting business and he would walk yeah. in one day he's like what are you doing i'm like oh i'm doing this because of this it's like bro are you dumb like what why don't yeah. you do that i'm like well, hold on a second it's like, <laughs> hold on well, no, that's, but that's where i have to really humble myself down because you know part of it is like you know because you, you gotta dumb? remember too <laughs> No, but part of, so like, James is the same as Tristan, just no gentleness. He just, he'll just like rip into, he's like, bro, no, no, like dude, what's Tristan, your IQ no, no, level? Tristan, like what's going no, on? Tristan is the exact same. <laughs> like Tristan is whole yeah, no yeah. bars. Like, it I is, think we're, I think we all live this. Cause I think Adel, when he's in the zone, yeah, he dude, might hate he you with it same. as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, I'm sure I'm the same way in painting too. Like I, you know, it's just, but like, I, I like, I'm like, like Tristan's like reaming me out in about Pierre and I'm like, fuck man, I'm never like, I'm, you know I mean? I'm not used to being the nail, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm the hammer in, in, in most relationships. Right? <laughs> so, so here's me. I'm like, Hey man, I just gotta like, I gotta learn how to get butt fucked here. You know what I mean? John, you know like, what? Help a second. Okay, man. Like I, you know, I'm sorry that I'm not as, as relaxed. Okay. It's you know, my first John, time. Okay? You know what helped me with that? I think you should reread right. ego is the enemy. For sure, man. And I did. I yeah, actually, yeah. I, I, I actually reread it this weekend. It was, oh, you know, the highlights just went through, it just went to the highlights really quickly, you know? And uh, no, it's for sure, right? And and um, although I wasn't necessarily feeling my ego engaged so much as I was, I, well, maybe, I, maybe it was. I wasn't talking about your ego. Like, sure, the book's called Ego's the Enemy, but actually Ryan Holiday talks a lot more about than just the ego. It's about your expectations with yourself, the character that yes. you've gotten used to, yes. your habits, yes. your power, your your tolerance to pain, your your muscle of learning. Like, remember how I told you guys I felt like a genius? for creating an eight point call script for my consulting business? Yes. Yeah, failed epically. Doesn't work. <laughs> I thought it caused some uh, some positives, did not. So now I have to like take a couple steps back and I'm just like, oh, what do I do? And then I tell James about this and he's like, bro, why not do it like this? I'm like, what? Just, just do it like that. <laughs> What? I'm like, oh, wait, really? That works? <laughs> what? And he just like shakes his head, just goes That's and fills hilarious. his water bottle. I'm like, oh, bro. All right. Exactly. That's how I feel with Tristan, you know, because Tristan can very casually just know, like, for example, like I, I don't use Indeed, right? But so for Tristan, it's like, hey, yo, man, like just X, Y, Z, like do this, like how or why haven't you done this? I'm like, oh, okay, fair enough, right? Like you haven't learned it. Now that I know, I know, right? You know, yeah. Man, yeah, so we're all, we're all going through the, the, the same journey there but where i was coming from sorry where, where i got started with this originally was that um like there is things that i want to achieve within pure air and there's things i want to achieve within pro works and they can coexist i guess and i can like i have uh the like in, in in one way or another actually i almost feel like this is the exact moment that i've been preparing for like for so long you know and I think that I might have discovered a blind spot in my life, which 
obviously is rare because they're blind, right? And I, I, I wanted to know what you guys thought of this because I, I can't tell if this is a blind spot or like some sort of trap that I might be falling into. But, and I don't mean this quite, I don't mean this in the literal sense of the way that I'm going to word this, but I'm, I mean it more in the, in the metaphorical way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's time for me to put my books down. Dude, I was just thinking about that this week. I'm like, is John reading too much? Is it time for it that he applies it? Yeah, I um, damn. I, I I realized that. Well, I think I I think I can be the realization that it's like the reason why I read is no longer valid. Like at wow. one point in time, it actually was. Do you remember John two months and ago? It's become, I asked it's you become a such a, it's become such a habit, and you know, because I mean, really think about this, guys. I just like because because I, I don't think people can actually really comprehend this. It's, I don't have a casual reading habit. I mean, I, we're talking like seven years or more. Like, it's like the amount of times that I've missed a day of reading is it's, it's less than five for sure. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, and it's such an ingrained habit that I hadn't ever really, like, I, I can't, like, you know, only until recently did I actually, I'm like, oh. Why do I have this habit? Because I mean, I understand that like I'm trying to improve my mind. I'm trying to improve myself. I'm trying to acquire more information, which I still want to do. But there's also like the Stoics put your books down. Like, don't show me your weights. Show like you know, sh- sh- show me the results, right? And sure, I have the results, but I, I but I also I, I think there's a certain aspect like because uh, at one point in time, I did actually need to read a book a day because I needed to catch up. I needed to get, you know, I mean, I need to get that information packed in there as quickly as I can. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's, in the, I, I don't think I have an information problem anymore. I don't think, I, I don't, like, I, I really don't, like, I, I really truly believe that the things that I'm trying to achieve, I, I mean, yes, I, I still want more information. I still want to learn. I still want to reinforce some of the, ha- um, some of the habits, but in, in maybe in, in reinforce some of the ideas, you know, like rereading, you know, the Rockefeller book. I'm like, oh man, I fucking love this book. It's enjoyable, but there's also some stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I remember that. Okay, yeah, good point, good point, right? Um, I would almost say that I could I could probably stop reading new books and only reread my old ones, read them quicker, but but just try and actually spend. I mean, think about that. I spend 20 hours a week reading. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I was to put another 20 hours into Pierre? What would like what would that do for my future, right? Now, I'm not going to stop reading, so I'm not literally I'm not going to literally put my books down. I still want to read, but it just it just it was it was a thought experiment. I was like, man, maybe that's a blind spot. Maybe maybe it's no longer true that I need to be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I'm so happy that you're sharing this because a key metric of what allows us three to have great conversations. It's our willingness to change our characters that we've kind of created. Like, you know, mm-hmm. always John's the reader, you know, mm-hmm. Hammer's the single guy, you know, like. No, I, uh, that's not, I would not. That's, that's not, how I see myself sometimes. Well, that's not, yeah. No, 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 but like we, but there's, there's all these like characters we create, you know, and it's. Right, roles you live into. Yeah, and I think it's our willingness to do so. So first of all, John, props to you man yeah the amount of very few human beings can do that yeah Yeah. and second of all um well i I just want to point out that tristan 
in maybe purposely but inadvertently did bring this to my attention shout out tristan mm. yeah i don't know if you remember in february or march i did ask you a similar question on that note it's like when would you stop reading or when would your reading start giving you um uh negative returns because you're not actually applying it i remember i asked you a bunch of questions why do you read how long are you planning to read and stuff like that um so props to you man and uh yeah that's what i think now i need to ask you what have you what are you going to decide to do now so that was the thought experiment a decision needs to be made did you make that decision or not yet why aren't you making this decision yeah so i think I mean, I haven't come to any solid conclusions, but I mean, we can, I, I can, I can speak out loud. So some of what I might say may not actually make sense because this is me actually just literally thinking out loud, but yeah, these, but these I, are the raw materials. Yeah. For the most part, this is there's very little refinement, but I'm thinking of swapping to a six day work week. And cause one, okay. So here's one of the things that, um, here's one of the things that I've noticed is that because I have such an abundance of time, I effectively am not doing, like, I'm not doing an, like, uh, that's a good way of putting this. Because I have such an abundance of time, I end up wasting a lot of time. So I, even though I'm still getting all my stuff done, I'm wasting a lot of time because I, there's, there's such, there's, I'm not, like, I'm not under any pressure to get the next thing done, if you know what I mean, right? There's an excess that's being mismanaged. Yeah, like, if I don't read this hour, I can always read next hour kind of thing, right? Sure even though I always get my reading done, right? Um, but because of that as well, is that because there's always an abundance, like there's always more time that I can read, it, it also doesn't necessarily force me to necessarily value this exact moment of reading because I know that I'll have more time later in the day to read, right? So in a, in a lot of sense, there's a lack of gratefulness or appreciation for how valuable it, my reading time actually is. Like, like if I only had, like if I, I'm just, I'm just throwing a, a scenario out there. If I knew that I legitimately only had that first hour of the day to read, would I truly waste it? Like, would I actually yeah, no spend some of the time on my phone? Would I sleep in for 15 minutes? No, no. If I knew that was my, truly my only hour to actually get that, you know, cause I love reading. Like I, like I, like I want to read, right? Like, it's not like a, you know, but because there's such an abundance of time, I don't necessarily value it the same way, right? Like, or another way of putting it is like, if you knew that whether you know showed up to a client's house at five or six, and they were still going to be there, and there was, if you're not there at five, you you know that you can still show up at six, right? Like, it, does that make sense? Like, it, whereas yeah. if you know it's five, and that's the only, you know, that's you set it up, got to be there for five, right? Like, it's just you got to be on time, okay? So. I, and this is the reason why I came to the conclusion. I think that I actually just need to actually just like trudge forward and just give it my all at both is that I think that by giving it to my all to both, one, they're transferable. So it's like practice, being a student in this one area might actually make me better than the other and vice versa, right? It's kind of like MMA. It's almost the way I'm looking at it, it's almost like MMA, right? Like, you know, just learning boxing, make you a better jujitsu person, maybe, right? Like, I think that blending the two like makes you because like in a sense, like I only learned like one small thing of business, which is this painting business, right? 
And now I, I, I want to turn to this other one, but swapping to a six day work week, but placing more of an emphasis on, uh, on, on that seventh day, placing more of an emphasis on reading. So it's like, you know, I know that I can get up at five 30 and read for four hours straight every Sunday and just, and just read. Right. I, I would value that time knowing that I'm only reading for maybe half an hour every other day, or maybe an hour in the morning when I wake up, I was even thinking, you know, I'm like, I get up at five 30. I'm like, fuck it. You know, if I got up at five, I would be able to read from five to six. No problem. Right. So it's like, how bad do I want to read? It's like, well, fuck, do I want to, you know, because now that I'm like, now that I'm having to dedicate myself to, or I want to dedicate myself to peer error as well. It's like, okay, well, I'm looking at my schedule and I'm like, well, now that I no longer have my afternoons, cause that's where I'm doing DD with, with, uh, with uh, pure air, it's like, well, it places more emphasis on if I miss my morning read, I can't make it up in the afternoon anymore. So now I have to make sure that I'm like, you know, there. It's like, well, but then it's like, what am I going with? You know, like, where I'm going with this is that by packing more things in my schedule, it's actually forcing me to be more organized and actually prioritize the things that are on my schedule, right? Like, one of the things that I was, I was blind to was the fact that because my schedule was so empty, it ended up being this thing where I only really got done the things that were on my schedule. It's not like I had all this abundance of time and I got extra stuff done. It was like, I just got the stuff done on my schedule. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something you kind of already knew. Totally. Right. And I was kind of hiding from it a little bit, but like, I was thinking about, I mean, man, like I, like I totally have the time to put in, like I was, I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, you know, there's a part of me that, you know, cause like, you know, like one of the goals that Trish and I kind of both have with peer error is that we really want to get, we really want to eventually own a large portion of, uh, of the Vancouver market. And we want to expand to the United States. And it's like, you know, there's like, you know, uh, Austin, you, 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 you've mentioned this quote a few times, but it's like the Tim Ferriss quote where it's like, you know, think about what you want to do in like five years and see why, why can't you do it in the next 12 months? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like, like, I was like, like looking at what Tristan, I want to do in Pure over the next five years. I'm like, man, I think I legitimately think we could do it in 24 months. I couldn't get down to 12. I was like, I don't know what 12, but I could, I could get, I could get down to two years. I'm like, man, I really think that we could get Pure to the point, like, like the goal was like basically 5 million in five years. Like we want to get it to, it's a five, a $5 million business in five years. Like recurring. Yeah. Like annual yeah, like a, sta- a stabilized $5 million business. Yeah. At what profit? Because revenue doesn't matter. 25% net. Nice. Yeah. Damn. That's a lot of money. 1.25 million. Well, there's two of us, but. Yeah. But I was like, I, I think we could get there in two years. And I still think that I can run my pro works because I have Brady coming. And I'm like, and that's the thing. Like I, I that's it's not that's not like a um like that doesn't like I don't need to give up one for the other or something. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that's like a that's that's only a story, like, oh, I don't have time to do both, right? It's almost by by not having time to do both, I don't have time for it either. In, in one in one way. Mm. Damn. Very nice. Very exciting. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. Like what you're saying makes sense. 
a lot of sense. And it's like, you know, Steve Jobs says you can only connect the dots looking back. This is a, this is a dot that just makes sense. Like it's got it. Okay. Well, it, I mean, really like, cause what I, what I want to eventually get to is working for Aurelius. We've talked about this before, but I want to get to a point where Tristan and I's partnership is yes. Like Piro is a big chunk of that, but ultimately it's a series of operating businesses that are all contributing to us, you know, snowballing our operations. Right. And I have to start making decisions that are, you know, like having Brady come on as one of the first of the major decisions where I'll take, a, I'll actually take a, a potentially a pretty large step backwards in income over the next two years. Like when I was charting mm-hmm. it out, like on, cause I'm kind of mapping this out a little bit and like how much money I'll be making for my painting business in, you know, over the next two years is going to be way less than I made over the last two years, potentially. Like it's more than it's more likely. I mean, is it possible? Of course, but just proper expectation, expectation setting for myself. It's probably it's 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 probably more likely that I actually make less money over the next two years than I did over the last two in pro work specifically. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what does that then allow me to then do with Pierre or my other investments as well, right? Like, what what does that then like what other? So it's like by rearranging this one asset, how does that how does that uh, allow my time to be invested in these other assets, right? All three of us made that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, John, and just to kind of go back to your point about reading and realizing like the timestamp that has on your life, and also the whole idea of like I think I need to be acting and not reading. It just blows my mind that you're able to make a conclusion like that and look at life that way. Um, because there's people who are reluctant to admit that like a bad habit is bad for them, <laughs> you know, and you're saying like, Hey, this great habit can also be bad for me. Well, it's not so much that it's, um, yeah, bad's not the right word, but well, it's, it's just that I'm realizing that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's so much of a bad habit. It's, it's just rearranging my relationship with the the levers in my life basically just like mm-hmm. these different things that i'm trying to drive towards these different things that i'm putting my my time into just just rearranging them or just reprioritizing them right mm-hmm. like reading is like from a time perspective is potentially the large it's it's you would think it's the most important thing in my entire life mm-hmm. mm, i see yeah It makes a lot of sense. Boys, we're moving. That's what just happened. John just moved a little. That's pretty pretty cool, man. But you didn't answer my question. What's that? Did you make a decision? Obviously not yet. Well, hold on. Well, I don't know. Was that you making the decision? Have you made the decision of allocating this time? Have you made a decision regarding your, your reading? You mentioned those are the raw materials of your thinking. They all stand up to all my filters and mental models. Seems to add up if you're playing for the long term. Seems to add up to what's fun. Seems to add up to your net, your net worth. Seems to add up to your, the, the deployment of your skill sets. And it seems to be completely driven through logic with 
very little biases. Um, obviously, to how much uh, Tristan is influencing this decision, that's for you to decide on, on what your true wants and desires are. I trust um, his influence, though. Yeah, no, no, no. And there's nothing bad with influence. But uh, that's the only thing I have no knowledge of. And it's very small. Overall, um, if you are a stock, I would bet on it. Mm. Now, in, in you, another way, I, I almost need to like reestablish my drive in business again. Yeah, it's an ambition. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does one become ambitious again when money is no longer needed? People have already solved that. And I think, uh, funny enough, whatever time you have left to spend on reading is to read on that topic. Is that actually what you're questioning, though, John? Is like how to remain ambitious? John does not need to work anymore. This is all additional work, labor, and potential. Well, that's not anxiety. quite true, but, but I would... Uh... No, 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 it is true. Because without Brady, you can just keep coasting at ProWorks and you'll be a millionaire by next year. Smith & Wesson is going to do well over the next couple of years. Like it just, you're buying it at two PE ratio. Obviously PE ratio is kind of dog shit, but just to hammer in the point, you're going to do fine. You're, John will be a millionaire before us. He will be the first to cross the path. He doesn't actually need to, he doesn't actually need to work. If we think about stoicism, like what does John actually need to live? Well, him and Trisha, I'm sure can do pretty well at 50,000 a year. It would, would it be kind of uncomfortable? Yes. But right there, if John just stopped tomorrow, uh, job stopped next year, he'd have enough income for him and Trisha for the next 20 years. And if he invested that money, let's say he only draws out 50,000 a year and he invested his 950,000, I think at a 6% return, John doesn't have to work. So the answer is yes, actually, John, you don't have to work. The decision you have to make is, do you want to work more and why? And I think that is the most important decision you have to make in your life. As I'm, That's kind of a similar path I'm on right now. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah, rededicating myself to my craft, right? And and like it's, you know, man, it's it's so interesting how, uh, and we've talked about this so many times. And I feel like there's things that you that we say, and it's it's so funny how things just they stick, but then like they're not necessarily acted upon. But like, I um, I I, I did two quotes on Saturday. And uh, this yesterday, and they were just you know, the, you know, both were set up perfectly with the you know eight point call and and uh, there were two jobs that I specifically wanted right like the you know full full exterior hardy plank one was a trim job on a hardy plank house like they're you know they're exact jobs I wanted exact clients that I wanted like everything was just exactly that I the way I wanted it to be right um, it was a beautiful day out. And I was doing my pitch, doing my walk around, you know, like just per, you know, perfect, you know, when I say perfect, I don't mean perfect, but just, you know, but like just, it, it felt, it felt perfect. You know, you, you were, you were a painter. Just I was in painting. a flow, I was in a flow state. Yeah. I was, I was in a flow state. I was just, you know, great walk through, said the right things, you know, pitched perfectly handled, you know, handled the objections. Um, you know, I'm sitting in my car, I'm sweating, you know, it's hot, finally Okanagan, no rain, I'm sweating in my fucking car. 
And, uh, you know, and, and I had a great conversation with the second client, you know, it was, it was my last, you know, it, it was like the Saturday and I didn't have anything else to do that, that afternoon or that, you know, no obligations I had to get to next. So I had, you know, I was able to have a good conversation with him and, and um, I was just feeling good. And I remember I went to go leave and he said, Hey, you know what? Thank you so much for coming out on a Saturday. And well, it's funny because I'm almost going to cry. I'm almost going to cry right now, but I, I was like, you know what, man, I, I actually want to thank you. Like, thanks for allowing me to come on on a Saturday. Like, I know that you're thanking me because like, I'm, you know, because it seems like an inconvenience, you know, like, oh, this, this, young, this young guy is sacrificing a Saturday, but I, I genuinely mean this. I'm like, you know, man, like, thank you for allowing me to do what I love on a Saturday. Like, I would not, tr- like, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else right now than shaking your hand after booking this job. And, and I actually said that to this guy and, 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 based on the previous conversation we had, you could see like, you know, cause him had this great, he's a really successful business guy. So it was a, like, it wasn't out of context that I like, took it like to that, like, you know, that degree with this guy, but I genuinely meant it. And I drove home and I was feeling fucking amazing. Cause it's exactly where I wanted to be. And for some reason, and it's going to take me a bit to kind of defeat this. You know, it's, it's like, you know, the enemy's fucking in the, you know, in the castle. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, you can't just fucking kick them out the next day, right? There's squatters in the castle kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But somewhere along the way, I stopped appreciating what it is that I actually love doing, which is I fucking love business. Like, I love, like, I love running my painting business, but not just because it's a, a painting business or whatever. I, I love working. Like, I like picking up the phone. Like, I, like, I enjoy the act of doing it. I don't enjoy thinking about it. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't look forward to the phone call. I don't look forward to the estimate, but I love doing it. Right. And there's always this constant struggle with yourself of like, man, I don't know, but do I really want to pick up another phone call? Or, you know, and there's all these like little traps that you fall into, all these little things of like, oh man, like, but like there's this, you know, there's this thing where I could immediately do something. It's like that, it's like I love delayed gratification. Right. That's, that's, that's something I love. Like, I love feeling that, like that, that warm sensation of knowing like, ah, oh, you know, I like, oh, it's a little bit like, I like that. Right. And somewhere along the way I started, and I don't know where the seed got picked up or where, I, you know, maybe, maybe it was the fire, but I don't know, but there was somewhere along the way where I, I accepted the phrase that do you really want to work for the rest of your life? Or, you know, some phrase like that, right. Or retire or automate no longer have to work or like this there's certain you know what another way of maybe putting is somewhere along the way i accepted that there's pride in not having to work that hard for what you have but like that's just that that's just never been me like literally not even one fucking like if you look at back to like even when i was elementary school like when I didn't work in, in, in school, I did poorly. Like I failed math class in grade seven. I got an eye package. Like my, my grade point, like my, my, my average up until like, I don't know, like grade 11 was like 67%. And then I worked my ass off in grade 12. I had to try really, really hard. Like I remember, um, I remember being at Lexi's house, like when I was living with her uh, in her condo 
And I remember like literally for three hours practicing like a speech on, um, on uh, the communist uh, revolution in China and like Chiang Kai-shek and Mao and these guys, right? And, and, and I had to work so hard like to get, to get a grade in history class. Even though I loved history, I had to work really hard for it, right? I remember even one time the principal fucking pulled me aside because my grades went from 67 average to like in the 90s. And they're like, yo, like, like they thought I was cheating. University, I had to work my ass off. Even look at student works. It did not come naturally. I was like actually really bad in my first year. I had to work really hard for it. I've never, like, I've never been a guy that just sits back and fucking coasts and, and enjoys that. The only other time that I ever, I, I ever like coasted on life was when I ended up with that conversation with my father when I was 17 on the beach. Like that, like, that's like, like, I've never been that, like, I've never wanted to be, like, I've never been that dude in the last like nine years. I've never been a coaster. Mm -hmm. I've never been a guy of like, oh, good enough for the day. Oh, I don't need to, I don't need to put in more effort. So where's the enemy? Well, I mean, it's myself. Yeah, but you said like the, the only, uh, you said that you said the enemy's in the castle, meaning like there's a part of that character that is self-defeating or that essentially fights against you. And I'm, 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 I get where you could see that, but like, well, it, it, honestly, man, like it feels like that motherfucker played a long game. That's what it feels like. In what way? Oh, I totally get that. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean by that, Amber? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Played the it, it's it's kind of like, about? oh, oh, you're gonna you're gonna delay my gratification. Okay, I'll just hold my breath for seven years until yeah, you. Yeah, man. I felt like this little motherfucker, that little weakness in me, was like, okay, bitch, like no you, you want to be successful in this business. I'll see you in seven years. Good. I'll see you in eight years. Yeah. Like, oh, meaning, I'll, I'll like, like, meaning like, oh yeah, I'll wait till oh yeah, rain oh, oh yeah, I'll let, on yeah. You then. oh yeah, I'll let you get successful. Don't worry, I'll I'll let you get some money, but then I'm gonna come. And you're gonna be in your silk sheets. You're gonna have your, you know what? I almost Dude, feel like I need to sell my gold for that safety net. And 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 I, I'm just like I'm I'm sitting there in my bed and I got and I literally fucking dude. I remember I, I literally have silk fucking sheets. Oh no, I think you're reading too much into it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. No, no, I know, but it's just funny. Okay, but that you, you're you're saying that, and then that is and I'm sleeping there, and then and then the little demon walks over and he's like. And he's just whispering in your you ear. Earned this. You earned this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You don't need to work as hard. Oh, you've done enough. It's like, and he just, he just, he played that long game. But how do you? Like, he snuck in the castle. He's like, you know, it's all good, man. I'm not here to tell anything. I'm actually just going to keep, I'm, 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 it's all good, man. Let me in the castle. I'm totally fine. I'm not going to say shit. I'm just going to sit over here and be quiet. You're like, okay, man, you can sit over there. And then he gets, you know? Like the weakness, it seeps in. It's the enemy. Hmm. And it's there. And now I'm looking at my schedule and it's like I see these blank spots. That's for, the fucking for weakness. To produce, you mean? No, 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 no. My schedule. I'm talking oh, like my, yeah, like I'm talking yeah. blank. Yes. Yeah. That's the weakness. Mm. It fucking snuck through the door. Here's me thinking do the weakness played such a long game it's like oh dude no no it's prideful you're so skillful you don't need to work hard anymore 
it starts planting all these fucking ideas. It's like, no, no, that, that blank, that blankness in your schedule. Yeah. That's, there you go. Right. You feel fear. I have optimism. When you spend time fear mongering in your own lands, buying gold, telling yourself all the ways that you won't succeed all the time that you spend pondering how it is that you will become a failure. I spend that time learning. When you watch Netflix, YouTube, spend time hanging out with your friends, talking about nothing. I'm using that time to read books. I'm using that time to meditate. I'm using that time to clear my thoughts, establish them, and deploy them. You're scattered. And you know it. Your troops are not organized. Your weapons are dull. And your tactics are misguided. And you think that you're going to beat me. I was born to beat you. You haven't even heard of me yet. Let me introduce myself. I'm your competitor. When you sleep, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about you. And I'm thinking about all the ways how I can beat you. You don't even know me. But I know you. I know how weak you are. I know what your thoughts are. I know the plagues that are in your lands. You think that you have a castle. You think you have a moat. I've tested your moat. I've put a pole in it. I know it's not very deep. You think your castle is impenetrable. I know its weaknesses. And I'll exploit them. And I'll take what you think is yours. And I do not fear any repercussions in my own lands. There is nothing that you can take from me. But there is much that I can take from you. I know you were a slave to many and a master of none. And I know that I am no one's slave and master of many. When time comes, you will see. I have seen this. The next time you find yourself with negative thoughts, just know that is me. Oh. I am fear. Oh. When you step back, I'm just going to step forward. When you feel weakness, I feel strength. I'm coming for you. Little did I fucking know that my comp, my competitor was the fucking weakness man he snuck in the damn castle it's not he it's you isn't isn't the yeah. only uh it isn't that 
quote or that audio clip from something or did you like what's that from no i dude i was fucking possessed that day and i came like i i literally i was so you fucking wrote like, that no i didn't even write that i spoke that i pulled over at a fucking dog park on the way back from glenmore and i pulled over because i was like i was so pissed off at like because like, i mean because i was speaking to myself like i was i was trying what to, were you pissed off at myself about what the weakness what what was going pulled, on at that I, point I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know my mind, but I pulled over and I just remember thinking to myself, you know what, man, like fucking like, this is who you're competing against. And I recorded that to myself. And it's about yourself being weak and you are your own worst enemy. Yeah. Like, like in the sense that like, like, like I, I stopped taking it seriously that that's who I was competing against. Oh, got it. Yeah. I think, you know what? I find a lot of, well, it's not unique to me. I mean, anyone who just heard that sees how that can, it is present for them. Right. Um, this whole overused narrative of like you versus you, I think kind of dilutes that point, but it is, it is true. Cause I think that luckily, like just by this, just by this, chance of something i don't know what it is or just the way life works out like by doing something new this year i really just got slapped in the face with like where i'd been complacent in my life you know like yeah man oh yeah and and just because and just because like i don't have like john i'm essentially doing what you're doing but i don't have the business that that got me here anymore Right. No, but that, that might even almost be better because I know, but what I'm I saying can is half ass like, pure air and still make fucking, you know, bank over yeah, here. Yeah. Right. Like I don't, I, I didn't, you, you burned the fucking bridges. I did. Well, no, I think the bridges are hell. Fuck, I don't even sleep yeah. on the other side of the river. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. But even at that, like, it makes me wonder because I, I believe in all those values and at the same time, I also want to learn how to have the idea of like balance and gratefulness for the ability to live a bigger and better life as a result of being that dedicated to my craft. So as opposed to having this natural like pendulum swing where it's like you're extremely serious and dedicated and hardworking and then you're the pendulum swings and it's like, I want to, experience the rewards of those things and then it swings back you know, you know what well, I'm saying? but but this goes back to the stoic point that the reward is the work yeah, like the so, thing yeah, is is that yeah. like like but hold on like on there saturday is, there though is that, that know, was the reward 100 100 and there is something about like Yeah, I guess. I guess. I I have something in. I don't know in... what I'm trying to say. Well, but Austin, like, I mean, I can genuinely say this, that the happiest that I am is when I feel like I'm I'm 
I deserve um, the results that I'm getting from, from my work. Like I love working and I love getting good results and I love it. Now in saying that though, it's not, it's not even just the good results. Like it's, it's, it's uh, like, even when I get negative results, it's like, okay. It doesn't matter. Cause you lift that on the floor. Because uh, there's always going to be another pitch to swing at. Right. Like just, you just like, that's like, it's fun to swing the bat. Right. Like I, I love, I love the game of business. It's a fun game to play. Mm-hmm. And it's this weird thing where it's like, man, like, I, like, it's like, I'm missing it. It's like, mm. like I'm in the most favorable position that a young man could ever ask of himself, like mm. ask for himself. I'm more or less financially independent. I have a beautiful, fantastic fiance. And I have an excellent, um, I have excellent opportunities that I can have, I can work infinitely at. Like, as in, I don't need to, mm-hmm. um, like, like I don't have to let up on the brakes. Like, like, why do I need to like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? Like I, I can work harder, like, and, and I want to. And the we- that it's, I'm saying that's that weakness that gets in there and it starts whispering in your ear at night. It's there in the morning when you wake up. You know why it is there? It's because the foundations maybe not as strong. Just like maybe stronger, ha- like those habits need to be stronger is how I see it. What yeah. I just what I just pulled up here, and I pulled this up for a reason. I'll just read it. What is required by age to make it to the top one percent of wealth in Canada? If you're 25 years old and you have a net worth of four hundred seventeen thousand dollars, you're in the top one percent. Thirty-five, one point six million. Forty-five, three point seven million. Fifty-five, six point six million. Notice how it slows down so much. It's very interesting. Hey, sixty-five, ten million. Yeah. So the reason I bring this up is because John, what you're talking about, Austin, what you're talking about, what I'm going through is there's a decision we're going to have to make on being top 1% is just part of the journey. It's like, Oh, Oh, I didn't know I was going to cross by here. That's kind of cool. Back to the work. And, um, That is, I think purely, I think, again, people have already solved this. So there's no, like, we can't solve this here. It's already been solved. And from what I remember. What do you mean solved? Like this dilemma of, of should you commit to keep going has been resolved. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think we need to debate. It's like, no, the the answer, the solution is is you just get after it. Yeah. Yeah, Do the work. It's it's so obvious. It's so fucking obvious that it, 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 um, just love, do the work and then love it. You don't actually have to love the work first. I think the commitment comes first, then the love. Like who the hell loves estimates? Like nobody just wakes up and grows up. When I grow up, I want to do estimates on a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Like, no, you commit and then you find the love through it. John, like we all love sales calls because we love the interactions. We love helping the client go through a specific journey. We love to solve a problem. We love to cl- create clarity in their mind. That's what we love. But who, who would have thought, you know, it's, it's because the commitment came first. So John, the only question, again, you haven't answered my question is, have you made a decision? When are you going to make a decision? There's this commitment that needs to get made. Around What's the commitment? Sorry. To fill up your empty schedule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I, I think that, uh, you know, and, you know, this is going to sound so cheesy, but, you know, it's interesting, but I, I think that, the, and I'm not going to leave it vague like this, so don't, don't, you know, I think that the commitment actually is to just my own happiness, but what makes me what happy is mean. fucking filling my schedule with shit that I enjoy doing. And I, tomorrow, I, like, I want to go work. Like somewhere along the way, I thought it was satisfying to have a blank schedule. Well, I don't it's think it was not. you. It was your weaker side of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like no, man. Like, what are, what are we doing? Like, what, what, like, what, what, like, this is not like. How the hell do we end up in the spot where you're you're doing, like, most of what you're doing is not what you want to do, and the stuff that you do want to do, you like have like this like weird like hate relationship with it, where you're like, like you like have contempt toward it. Contempt towards it. Like I need to put it back up in a pedestal and understand that, like, what a fucking glorious opportunity. But just like, what a what an amazing. Um, uh, like, you have more gratitude towards the like my position that I'm in. That like I that I like that I have something that I actually genuinely love to do. Like, like that's such a rare thing for most. Like, like I, I think like think about this. Like, like really. Th- I mean, I, I'm speaking myself more or less. But like tomorrow. I can wake up and I genuinely like, I mean, cause I already have my list made for tomorrow. There's nothing on there that I don't want to do. Okay. That's but what, but think about that. Like, think about like how few people have that as a fucking offer. Like that's not like, that's not what most people's day is. Mm-hmm. And yet I would allow myself to end up doing the shit that I don't want to do. Like I have freedom over my schedule. I'm the motherfucker who picks it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like I have no one but to blame myself. Like I'm the motherfucker who ended up doing all this shit that I didn't even want to end up doing. It's kind of, it's kind of like one of those ones where it's like, oh man, your, your boss must be an asshole. Yeah, I'm my own fucking boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? Oh, wow, man, like you're fucking your schedule. You know, whoever makes your schedule really dicked you over. Yeah, I'm the motherfucker. I wrote it down or I didn't write it down. You know, um, Schedule the shit that you want to do. So then I, I want to maybe reframe Amber's question, but what is the commitment that we can, we can audit you on for your sake? Because this is pretty, pretty groundbreaking, right? Like this is a pretty large realization. Like, do you want to make a commitment here and then we can help, you know, make sure that, you follow through on that? No, or? no, no. I think this is beyond outside accountability. I think yeah, this is this well, next level. It it's just about like stating something for the sake of making a commitment and making it real. No, but he, I think it, it, I may be too, too, reading this too much, but I think this is more of an internal commitment than an external one. I think there might be a weakness of saying it to other people. Hmm. Interesting. I think yeah. so too, man. I think so too. You know what I'm saying, John? Yeah, man. I, I um, I, I don't know if there's something I could say verbally that would make as a commitment, right? Like I, I, I know exactly what I need to go do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not so much like a, it's not a sentence. I don't know if I could speak. Maybe I could, but, um, but there's a feeling that I know that I can go achieve, and it's very clear what I have to go do, which yeah. is 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, I but Austin, the, I mean, I guess the, the commitment that, that I would be making would be to have no aimless action. There you go. Yeah. And Austin, for us as friends, how we can hold them accountable from the outside is just through time, like six months from now. Okay. Well, how many pure locations do you have? If he says less than like four, then something's wrong. He wants to take over the United States and try to do this in 24 months. I mean, it just, it just seems to me like, okay, well, he needs to at least have four locations in six months. He's just like, that's fair enough. Hey, John, where are these locations going on, buddy? Somebody else is buying them. Why isn't it you? Well, you know, but it's, but there's also another side of it too, that um, I don't, and this is the whole, this is my pushback and automation thing, but like, it's like, you know, I want to carry my own bags. Like, you know, I, I want to um, drive my own car. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, um, isn't that just pride? No, 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 no. I don't mean it like that. Um, like, I think that part of what went wrong, at least from, I, I'm not speaking for Tristan here, but part of what went wrong with, with the Matt situation is that there was almost a part of me that was like, thinking that, that that I was just going to find someone to go do everything like for it and not have to put in the work. Yeah. Which is funny because you'd never think that about a painter, but somehow you thought about that for a general manager. Well, I don't mean necessarily that, not in that way, but um, I didn't really mean it quite in that way, but I, um, yeah, like I want, like I want to get back to where I'm putting in the work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but there's different types of work, John. You don't have to keep doing calls. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what oh, I'm okay. talking about. All right. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. yeah, but you want to do work, though. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Let me show you. Um, I can supplement this conversation here. Uh, John, you mentioned Alex Ramosi before. I mentioned him as well. All you need to know if you're listening, he reached a point where he had a $100 million net worth at 31. And he was faced with the same decision that all three of us are going to be faced with. It just happens that John is faced with it today. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'll just, I'll play it at a bit faster speed. I'll play at 1.5 speed. And it's only the first two minutes that are really relevant here. Uh, here it is. And then we'll jump straight to whack. Enough passive investments that I make multiple million dollars a year. Uh, without, at this point in my life, I have enough passive investments that I make multiple million dollars a year uh, without doing much. And over the last nine months, I struggled mightily with this fact. And it was because I had completely removed myself from the portfolio of businesses that we own, which do about $85 million a year uh, in revenue. And no, I have nothing to sell you. What I want to talk about today is kind of what that nine to 12 month journey was for me, kind of living in pseudo retirement and the single thing that has gotten me out of it because I was candidly, you know, pretty depressed. And I couldn't find a way out because I kept looking for the next goalpost, right? The, the second championship ring, because the desire was that that ring would somehow make the first one more valuable. You know, at the time it's making, you know, we've now crossed about a nine figure net worth. I'm 32, my wife's 29. And it's hard for people to, to, to conceptualize this, but like, I really don't need anything. Like I need nothing. As much as that has been the goal for a long time was to need nothing. It also introduces a new variable of needing nothing, which means that there is nothing for me to do. What I want to walk through is the kind of single phrase that I've been repeating to myself over and over again, and it has become the chorus in my mental dialogue to myself. It's around work. And so what I realized after pseudo retiring um, and not really being involved in the businesses and having them continue to grow and continue to pump out cash flow is that, you know, the first thing that God gave Adam, and I'm not religious, but I think that there's, there's power in this, in this story. The first thing that God gave, gave Adam was not Eve. It was a job. It was work to do. And as humans, we wither 
without adequate challenge. We are formed against something else, right? The hotter the fire, the harder the steel. As a person who desires to continually grow, I had removed the challenges in my life and felt stagnant mm. or stagnant as a result of no challenge. I had to re-examine a lot of different pieces of my life, which is why do I work? And up to this point, the reason that I worked was for the outcome. It was for me to build up my net worth, to create financial freedom, to be able to have all the time to do the things I wanted to do. But in so doing, I removed the things that I actually wanted to do, which was challenges, which was work that I found meaningful with stakes that are real. The single chorus that I continue to revert back to, and I'll show you the background on my phone. When I walk and he showed his phone, which is hard work. So yeah, man. So that's basically where I'm at, but I mean, smaller number. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, if you're wondering what this video is, you can go on YouTube and type in the truth about retiring at age 31 with a hundred million dollars. It has around 54,000 views. Um, yeah, which is nuts if you think about it, because even like, even with the most primitive of dividend yields, like if the whole thing was an S&P 500, he's looking at $100,000 a month in dividends. Easy, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, how do I know about this video? A friend sent it to me and I read it in a transcript. That's my first time listening to it. So, mm. so I gotta just cover my ass there. Big integrity. Uh, yeah, yeah, just make, make yeah. it very clear. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's some wisdom there. Removing the challenges that is something simple. that I found really interesting because I have removed a lot of the challenges that in my life that existed when I started. And I think we all have, right, John? Yeah, but like, but it's but but the goal of it, it's like replacing those challenges with other challenges yeah. that are harder that will pay off more. You know what for I the realized outcome. that this is really fucked, but it's pretty cool. I could play the rest of the video, but I think no, we've is... got the gist of it. It is uh, very interesting. Ah, I hate how this fucking just, I hate how in one I conversation, I, I know. I know. You, oh, and I know. Austin, did you just come to the same realization that I just came to? I, I think so. <laughs> what did you just come to? <laughs> it never stops. Instead <laughs> the of, work never stops. Um, my realization was instead of replacing challenges, I thought the goal was to minimize challenges. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it's funny because somewhere along the way, you know, when you say it out loud like that, it sounds ridiculous. But somewhere along the way, that's what fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I actually, I actually some part of me is like, oh, I want to acquire this money so that I don't have to stress anymore. It's like, no, what the fuck? I like Hold stressing on. a little bit. Like, I, I like, I like, I like actually like I thought waking about up this in the morning lot. with a bit of fire. Like, fuck, I go, wait, go yeah. get mine. You know, like I was like, I liked those mornings. You know, I liked when I would jog every single day envisioning being franchisee of the year. That was enjoyable. Do you know what's not enjoyable? Sitting on the couch thinking I was franchisee of the year. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was fun chasing the record. It wasn't fun afterwards where you're like, yep, I'm the record holder. I, I, I did a lot of thinking about this because I thought about all like about this video and all that and yeah. whatever. Ah, ah, I, I like to ah, credit. I feel like, I, I feel like I've hot coals on my soul. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would that like rhymed. to- I'm a rapper. I'd like to publicly credit Ty Lopez who has understood this stuff and has figured out that humans don't want that. They don't want hard work. They want passive income. And mm. he built a product around it about building a social media agency where you can just run it passively, that you need multiple streams of income so that you can replace your most active income. So it's all passive. This man, this is why I like to give him credit, has been able to just go to our very most primal needs 
And I really do the think, weakness. And I really do think his philosophy has seeped into every single podcast that we've listened to. It seeped into Damn. Joe Rogan. It seeped into Tim Ferriss. It seemed it seeped into Grant Cardone because it was so he resonating. That fucking seed. Ty he Lopez has single-handedly revolutionized the self-help industry in the past mm. six years by having us commit the fallacy that real work and success is to stop working. <sighs> Ty Lopez has read all the books John has read. And for him to build products like this and marketing materials like that just shows you that this guy knows how to make a couple of dollars. Mm. And um, if wow. anything, what we've done here in the weekly call, this may be actually our best episode ever because what we have done is I think have organically together reached the conclusion that work will never stop, even though we kind of known this stuff before, but I think it hit all of us because this is hit, so this, fucking obvious. This hit me yesterday, which is why I asked about gold and I asked about fear and if you guys were going to probe, I was going to tell you more about like why I wasn't having bigger goals because I was, I wanted a lot saved up because what if, because my mom's situation is not as good. My dad's situation financially is not as good. So I need to save money. So I need to play it safe. So I can't be investing in myself. Um, and uh, yeah, like shout out to Ty Lopez because that has seeped into everywhere. And not um, a good shout out of recognition. Yeah. This is a recognition of the power of, of the marketing that he has had such a primer desire. You know what uh, I like more than this Lamborghini knowledge. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably the greatest sentence ever uttered in marketing history. The fuck. thing about that is that I've realized that the biggest fear that kept me working so hard, like, you know, running a business, doing a master's degree, doing all these things, the same thing that keeps you going, John and Amher. It's like, we all kind of talked about this at the beginning when we started. And even when we got to know one another was that between the three of us, at some point in our lives, we were shown somewhat of an unfortunate situation as children. Like John, you've described your past as a child. Hammer, you lived in Georgia until you were 13. You see the world differently than most of our Canadian friends here, right? And the Dude, way my parents that have nothing left. It's all in our brother's hands. It's no, like I know, but I'm saying, the, I'm saying crazy. the way that you, like your parents sacrificed so much to come to Canada or made, made a different life here, whereas you know people that haven't done that, right? And I, like... You know, my parents have been through several bankruptcies. John's had family troubles, been homeless. Amherst, you know, literally his family has recreated a life in a different country. We have built our lives around maximizing income potential so that this doesn't happen. So we've gotten that challenge and we've kind of said, yeah, how about you go fuck yourself? We're going to now make that not a challenge because we win that challenge now, Right. We now know that if something were to happen, like the economy goes into a recession, you know, COVID fucking strain 42 happens, whatever, like we can probably figure it out for ourselves and our children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then, next? Yeah. But now I'm realizing that like the more I believe that now I start to decline and I've never realized that before. And now I'm thinking about like how, 
over the past, I would say somewhere in the past two years, I stopped working as hard as I did when I was starting. Yeah. Like not by, not by a lot, but by, I guess by a noticeable amount, not for me to say this. Right. Yeah. Whereas like, if I was as serious, I can say, I can say that it's I'm probably working. I'm 25% as hard as I did in my student works business. I was going to say maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe 30%. Wow. Yeah, dude. we're talking that's we're talking seventy percent devaluation of effort. Yeah, yeah, that's I, fucking I insane, yeah. dude. And imagine if yeah. we were imagine if we were as serious about. Dude, like, I I think about this all the time. I'm like, okay, was I like, curse? Is was is the was Stinworks a curse? What if I put all my effort into my <laughs> consulting business instead of running a five hundred k business? Student works a curse. John, dude, what if you put so all your? I could have been a past- crypto king. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, John, you would be the perfect crypto king, by the way. Yeah, but imagine, John, uh, if you spent those same seven intense years building Pure, how many locations would you have? How many locations would you have at Rydell, Austin? Yeah, I you know don't I don't want to think about I, that's, that's that's yeah that's not really where my mind but was i'm going trying to say it. like imagine if i was a serious no, but that level like of effort. retiring my mom no no but 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 Amher, okay one think about what I mean, like no, how imagine think, if no, but, i was a serious about retiring my mom like that would i think she well, I think no, but she would retired a few years earlier yeah here's how you retire your mom you get her to love her fucking job again i mean it's you know you get her, but it's like like, because that, that, I mean, ultimately retiring is when you just realize that you just want no, to keep guess, doing it. No, I guess I guess it's more about doing life. something new, I suppose. But not even, um, even Warren Buffett thinks the retirement age is too low. He thinks like he would want to increase it at least by another 15 years because it was created such a long time ago, the 65. But it's been anchored so heavily in um, all types of uh, marketing materials and podcasts that it, we've just kind of accepted it as a reality. No, no, Amber, do you know what? I think retirement also might be one of the biggest shams of all time, because the fact that, you know, you have a retirement means that you can, I guess you could kind of pick something you don't enjoy because, you know, you have a retirement. Well, motherfucker, what if you don't have a retirement? What if you just, you, you just work for the rest of your life? Until you die, cha- yeah. No, but no, but it changes your relationship with what you're doing because there is no retirement. Yeah, very, very well said. Actually, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like, I, like this whole this time that a, I thought I was going to get to this imp- point where I would just have money and I'd have less challenge and I'd be just be this super happy dude. It's like, no, no, I actually crave. Like, like, dude, what happened? Like, do you remember when I used to talk about like fucking wanting to like take a hammer and fucking break my foot so I could run? Like, where the fuck is that now? Do you remember that? <laughs> Yeah, dude, that was fucked. That's a different, but I mean, but that was like, I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but you're also, a bit, you're also a bit nuts, but yeah. Oh, man. Like also, you know, how... how well, That was some of the most fun that we've ever had. You yeah, know? I was about to say, I was just thinking about our dynamic, us three during that time as well. Yeah. It, now, I don't want to reminisce on the past. It's like, but like... That's just available to us. Like I can, it is. I can we can do that tomorrow. That I, yeah, I like, no, but I mean, no, no. To, right, this moment, like that, like that's just available to us. It's not like, like, like we can just choose to just have a certain intent. Like I, like we can just increase the volume on our life. Like we can just choose as of like, you know, this, like, we don't, we don't have to postpone it to tomorrow. Like this, like this moment, like every, you know, like Sam Harris says, everyone has the ability to just begin again. Well, right now, 
I guess the commitment is I'm just going to begin again at just a higher volume like I was before. Like I, I want to just become intense again because I enjoy that more than when I'm like this like weird hippie fucking, you know, <laughs> you know, like, like, like stroking your gold. Yeah, it's a fucking weird thing, right? Yeah. Damn. You know why I hate this conversation? It's because because it forces you to fucking change so much, right? It's like, dude, damn. imagine if I show up next week now and I'm just the same. Holy <laughs> shit. I got to up my ad spend, man. I got to up my intensity. I got to up I my know, I got to sell that gold and buy some Smith and Wesson. I got to go get like a, a meal prep plan. I got to, I got to, I can't even jerk off tonight. I got to go for a fucking run. I, I got to start, I got to start running again. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, man. Boys, I think we all have to commit to being intense again. Yeah, it's noticeable, to- dude. It's noticeable. I was at a, I was at a I was at a uh, an event uh, like a, a payroll event, and there was some some of our uh, weekly list our weekly listeners there, and they were talking about the podcast. And I walked up, and they were talking about how like they noticed how like I'm like less intense now. Dude, I was gonna bring what? that up to you. I'm like, John, you, something needs to be. Yeah, we need to, we need to talk about this. Yeah, can no you say way. it in full, John? You should just say what you said in full. What are you talking about? So on the Patreon call, we were all put oh, in different rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And John was put in a room with, uh, I think it was. Uh, no, 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 no. I was in an event where. Oh. I'm saying it, it, it was, life. but it was also brought up on the Patreon. Somebody on the Patreon that. complimented you that you're so open now and less strict with your rules that you're okay to go out and drink and party. I, don't think I didn't John. notice. I didn't. I didn't notice that. I remember it distinctly. I have it written down. I don't. Okay, think... well, I didn't. But, yeah, I don't yeah, but, but anyways, tell me what happened. You're at an event. Well, it just. It, it, I already explained it. I was at an event, and there was these two guys talking: Ethan Clancy and uh, Jack McLennan. And they were like talking about how they're like, and they, they kind of gently said it, but they're like, "Yeah, you seem less disciplined, but like you're still like achieve." Like they were like, "You seem less disciplined, but you're also." achieving more success so like, there was like this like weird thing where they were kind of confused by that but you know it's interesting because success is relative and i think that i'm achieving less success than i'm capable of like i'm like when i was super disciplined i might have been achieving 98 percent of the success that i was capable of that was available to you with your tools yeah, yeah. but now given my current skill set i'm only achieving maybe a third of what i could be achieving you know, you know what i mean like it's all relative damn like if LeBron James, and I'm not comparing myself to LeBron James in that way, but like if LeBron James was the, um, was, uh, had half as many rings, I don't know if anyone would say, oh yeah, that's, you know, like it, it's, but his intensity has allowed him to get du- double that amount, you know? Like then what Allen Iverson, did Allen Iverson really achieve his full potential? Probably not. Yeah. In basketball. Yeah. Well, he didn't, he didn't like practice. Because he was talking about practice. Yeah. Damn. You want to hit this whack versus wise? Oh. Wow. Yeah, the song that I had written down. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think you're going to like what I'm picking here. This might be the first non whack song. Like it is whack, but in context to what we talked about, it's not whack. 
Austin, I, brother, you've got up and walked away so many times. Dude, you have to what is going on? This has been such a heated conversation that I have. It is so goddamn hot in my room right now because I've Miranda sleeping in the next room. I've had my door closed. There's been no air circulation in my office for three hours. So Open you don't want, you don't want to be, dude. It's fucking thirty eight degrees outside right oh, now. Oh yeah, dude. yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm just I, I'm fucking uncomfortably hot yeah right hey now, dude so. hey austin i don't know if you know but you have the opportunity to not wear a fucking hoodie okay yeah yeah you can you <laughs> like, can just go just talk like, i'm wearing a fucking hoodie. t-shirt but wait, wait you guys like this you guys like this t-shirt <laughs> i have the opportunity Crazy to horse. not wear a hoodie it's neil know. young you don't know, know neil young crazy I horse no i know old john would just wear would have worn a, a regular shirt I don't know. I can't read it. Smith and Wesson Rifle Association. Oh, NRA. NRA. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So, uh, hey guys, I got to go. Um, what? It's fucking 10 30. I got to be up in like six and a half hours. Okay. okay can, can you just tell us the name of the song, the artist, and the views? We went way long today, which is, this conversation was way too good. We got DJ, DJ Khaled, 138 million views. And what's the song called? Every Chance I Get, featuring Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. Okay, just listen to the song and go to bed, all right? Cause it, Sounds it, good. Yeah, here we go. Listen to the whack, but not the wise. Take you too hard. a million off my checklist three years ago add two zeros to the one i'm in a different mode this my life do what i want i be with different hoes you know the pick and roll i picked her up and sent her home i got rich off strong we get them in and we get them gone you know trappy just got out i ain't have to put him on we the ones who got the numbers, who put the city on. It's the middle of the summer. I got a hoodie on. My name's Austin. Austin. My my demon time ain't nothing nice. I try not to wear nothing twice. I came up off John, of John Morgan. Dice. Yeah. 
my little brother ain't living right. My sis and M doing it. My cousin M still serving life. Yeah. Seen a robber rob a deacon. I seen a preacher get caught for cheating. I'll break the bank for one of my people. I said, I'm the one. They didn't believe me. I show them the facts. They all need me. I'm a get cake as long as I'm breathing. They making it hard. This shit really easy. Yeah. There it is. Okay, very quickly, here's the whys. All right. Even though Rockefeller now operated and partially owned the largest refinery in Cleveland, he and Laura lived frugally without house servants. Rockefeller always cherished the chaste simplicity of this early period and preserved their first set of dishes, which stirred him to wishful reflections in later years. Thus, by the end of the Civil War, John D. Rockefeller had established the foundations of his personal and professional life and was set to capitalize on the extraordinary opportunities beckoning him in post-war America. From this point onward, there would be no zigzags or squandering ener or squandered energy, only a single-minded focus on the objectives that would make him both the wonder and terror of American business. Wow. The pressure's on us, boys. Mm -hmm. That's it. Great conversation. Mm -hmm. I like that one. This is it. Am I leaving or is this ending? No, this, this is, is ending. Okay. This is ending. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's time we take some action. In the words of Bruce Buffer, it's time. <laughs> 52 years on earth. Yeah. Okay, brothers. Talk to you soon. Good night. Hey, listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.